Hello and welcome to this brand new but final series, as we know it, of One Foot in the Podcast, reviewing one of the most incredible sitcoms this country has ever produced. Actually, sod that actually, that David Renwick has produced for everyone around the world to enjoy. Today I'm joined by a new guest who opens up Series 6 with me. It's Sarah. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm very good, thank you. Very good on this blistering good. hot day. It's about time it's we had some... It's very hot. About time we had some sun and um, yeah. managed to get through those first couple of days without getting burnt which is very un-British like. So yeah, very, very pleased. So um, yeah, you're a, you, this is your debut on the podcast. It is. It uh, is. I'm very honoured. Thank you for right. having me on. That's not a problem. So what, what kind of a day have you had today then? A very hot one. Yeah. Um, a very tired one. Uh, I went on a, a long walk, which probably isn't the best pastime for the degree of heat we've had today. Um but I, the, where I live, it's just all vertical, basically. So you can't even you can't walk to the shop without having to go up a hill. Um, so yeah, in this weather, it's it's quite something. Uh, but it's very pretty today. Which which uh, part of the country are you from? I'm from uh, a little town called. Can I say? Can I say? If my you town? like, it's, 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 people aren't going to find me, are they? <laughs> I'm from a little town called St Helens. Oh, Sintelins. Sintelins, yeah. Sintelins. Uh, if you know a, a little known comedian called Johnny Vegas, Johnny oh, Vegas, okay. uh, you'll know Sintelins very well. Does he uh, reside he that way still? Does he still live in that part he, of the country? He does. He does. He lives in Passaway. I've seen his house. I've, I've come past his house. It's got huge walls outside, obviously. To In his ivory tower. <laughs> yeah, to it's not. Keep... He's not keeping it real then. He's not in like a, just a two up, two down standard sort of. No, it is a, it is quite a modest house. I think he's just got good security because, you know, always arseholes, isn't there? Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, ever since um, I've done this podcast, I've had people knocking at my door all the time. I've had to build <laughs> gates and everything. Um, so, yeah, you never know, do you? And I think he has a house in Ireland as well. Uh, so I think he just kind of flips between... Ireland and St Helens, which I'm okay. sure is uh, you wouldn't know the difference, would you? So, so you're you're um, a sitcom nut, and you're bit, like, you yeah, you do I'm a bit of writing. You do a bit of writing as well, didn't you? I do, yes, I do. I try to. <laughs> I uh, I do. I write professionally, um, but that's not really. I don't really write about the things that I want to write about professionally, as is yeah. usually the case. I but I do on the side try and be a an average David Renwick, <laughs> very average, very average. So I've, I have written a sitcom and a few stand-up sets and wow, all that jazz. Do you want to um, do you want to talk about that or would you rather not for now? Maybe for another time. Well, what's, uh, what's the premise of the sitcom? What's weird at the minute? I have actually submitted the sitcom. Have you? To to. A very well-known television company who is one. very well, very well known for a certain character. It's a one for the podcast exclusive. Sarah, Hill, <laughs> future comedy writer you or never present know. present comedy writer, future star writer. That yeah, the likes never of the BBC know. very much need right now. <laughs> um, and and um, your your passion is comedy, and in particular, Lauren Hardy. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So if you, if you were stranded on a desert island, then you could, you could bring one box set of anything. Okay. Would you rather bring 
One from the grave or Lauren Hardy? Oh, what a question. What a question to be asking me on the One Foot podcast. Oh, uh, can I not take the two? Can I not take the two? There's the, the strict, these, are the, these are the rules. Oh, well, I don't think Stan and Ollie would forgive me, I'm afraid. It's <laughs> more. There's more Lauren Hardy content, isn't there? There is, yeah. 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 I'll make, yeah, I'll use that. <laughs> I'll use that as my get out. There's more wasn't, to watch. Wasn't that more, you're like your first love in comedy, Lauren Hardy? So oh, it might, yeah. might be fitting to take that. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I can accept that. I mean, yeah. I'd say, like, for me, like, Only Fools and Horses is like my favorite. I mean, I, I know, I'm probably more of a fan of that than one foot in the respect that, well, I'm trying to measure help measure sort of fanship level but i love one Difficult, isn't it? yeah i think it's just one only falls and only falls and horses and i go back mm. further back you know to almost toddler age whereas one yeah, yeah. it was more sort of close to sort of eight nine ten which is still young i suppose mm. but um i wasn't going to things like there was no one foot in the grave convention to go to or or um there wasn't many oh, i things, wish there wasn't Imagine anything to talk about you, you can talk I remember at school you could talk about fools and horses with your classmates, but mm. I don't think others may have been. Your average person my age would have been watching one foot in the grave. They might have done, but it just wasn't spoken about as much. But you know, as time goes by, one foot in the grave. Long since realised this, but it is like just incredible. It is. Can't really it, get out the words really to describe. You know, it's just um, it's it's great to be talking about it. I, I think I think something like one foot it is personal to people especially it's personal to your sense of humor because I've had this conversation many times with people about it because some people I've spoke about it yeah don't always class it as a sitcom sometimes they'll say do you not think it was more of a drama do you not think it was more of a comedy drama and I think they think that because of the darker content yeah but I think it's that darker content that um it tailors it, to, it, it, it. I think that's what makes it more personal because humour isn't for everybody, is it? I'm just trying to think of other sitcoms up until One Foot that had the dark element. And I, I'm struggling to think of something off the top of my head. Yeah, Obviously, I mean, like... things, things like The Young Ones and Bottom. Mm. But obviously, Bottom was after. But things like The Young Ones was quite dark, even though it was quite surreal. It yeah. still had dark moments. But did uh, it have yeah. like poignant moments? I just no. I'm just trying to think now because I know it no. obviously only falls. Okay, that's probably that's my there's my answer right there. They yeah. miscarriages, deaths, and stuff. But yeah, but it was that, about that, family, that, wasn't it? But that kind of happened every so often with, with only falls. But one foot seemed to be a consistently dark comedy from the get go. Yeah, so I don't know. But by now, I mean when series six is released. It's it's the year two thousand. So is that that's I presume in the Meldrew universe in the Meldrew land, that's where we're that's where we're at. So it's yeah. been it's been about two and a half three years since Endgame. So I suppose in that time, Jonathan Creeks is, is the focus for Renwick, and he's been persuaded to do a final. Well, I think they wanted him to do a Christmas special, mm. but he he was given six episodes to do a final series, which is quite a good way to go, really. Yeah. Because we just come off the back of three specials, so I think it was good to go back into a final series. But I was speaking to you yesterday. I was just I can't quite work out the benefits. Well, I can work out some of the benefits, but I'm surprised that 
they announced that Victor was going to die rather than leaving it as an unpleasant surprise? Well, I do remember it quite well. I was about 13. Um, me and my mum were both huge fans, so I remember talking to my mum about it a lot because she would see, like, interviews and, and news snippets later on when I'd gone to bed and things like that, and then she'd tell me about them the next day. Uh, and the general consensus of what I thought was he'd just been mithered to death. He'd just been, like, bugged to death about when you're going to do more one foot and things like that. So I think he just thought, right, I'm going to bring it back just to get rid of him. Yeah. And I just I just don't think he had any desire to hide it. And I think, to be honest, at the time, if I remember rightly, it got leaked anyway. I think the press got mm. hold of it that, that he was going to be killed off. Yeah. And things like that. So I think they just kind of went with it to give it that publicity, perhaps yeah. for viewers and things like that, because people probably, if they knew... What was going to happen? Yeah, more inclined yeah. to watch it, maybe. Yeah, it's a good marketing ploy, but all the same, he didn't want to do the just a one-off special because he didn't want because traditionally Christmas specials, you 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 rack in you rake in sorry more quite a few more million mm. worth of followers uh, followers podcast speaker. <laughs> I mean, um, um, TV viewers. So it's not that I get millions of podcast downloads. By the way, I just um, <laughs> manifest he, manifest it. <laughs> but he didn't want to he didn't want victor to go out on you know to be killed off during a christmas special and for people to say well you got a big audience because it's a christmas special he wanted it to be more of a, mm. a natural way to kill off a kill off a character and I, I know that he didn't want to give victor some sort of long drawn out illness because that wouldn't be mm. funny yeah yeah so I remember for, that. for it to just happen yeah. was was the right way i think but i think everyone baronet wanted it to end from what i read she she can understand why, but she had carried on for a few more series at least. Yeah, I remember her being. I remember on the night that they uh, aired that episode. I remember there was like a few. It was like a one foot night on the BBC, if I remember rightly, at the time, and there was like interviews and, and things like that after it. And yeah. I remember seeing a, a snippet of Annette when it had finished, and her just kind of run into Richard. And giving him a big hug, and she was very emotional. Like you could tell that she she really didn't want to say goodbye just yet. So that that doesn't surprise me really, because that has always stood out in my mind. Yeah. That evening, because yeah. she she seemed so upset that it was over, and the rest probably was quite relieved by that point, particularly Richard Wilson. Yeah, I think you some of the cast could probably recognise that. Well, Richard's words were something along the lines of the quality of script wasn't as strong even though it's still great or amazing mm. and Remick would say like I'm just running out of ideas and it was you know lucky to get six more episodes out of me so yeah that's fair enough I always remember something else uh, David Renwick said um, that sticks in my mind as a writer so they always got people coming up to him saying oh how do you write all those stories how do you come up with all those ideas and he was like well, if I knew that, I'd do it all the time. <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry about it, you know. So he's he's kind of, he's right in that sense because you can only go so far, especially with one set of characters because it's like anything that if you've explored every avenue, yeah, then it, it gets harder, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, I mean, very they true. Are, they, they always say about three series is enough, don't they, really? So they did quite well. I mean, it just depends... 
Um, yeah. Even something like Father Ted only got to three, and I think they were struggling by yeah. that point. Yeah. It must be so difficult to because the Americans they tend to write as a team, don't they? So that's why they can uh, bring mm. out like twenty-five episodes a series or something. But it, they, in, they in do this country, do long... it's, it's just one or two. Yeah. usually one so i mean with series six is a funny one because i speak to a lot of people and read a lot of people sort of say initially that they weren't too fond of it when they watch it back it's actually there's a lot of quality there in writing and, and the storylines become even more peculiar and weird and uh it is there's i think it's that element of like you're watching series six and you know that victor's gonna die and it's a bit depressing because he's such mm. a great character and you don't want it Definitely. to end and that's sort of how I feel. But I, I remember by the time when Series 6 was was aired, I remember watching that weekly, you know, very clearly, actually, because, you know, I, I could recall some of the either Starbound, Endgame, Wisdom. I, I remember that at Christmas, probably mm-hmm. Endgame mostly. But Series 5 was, you know, 95. And I, I don't know if I recall that being aired at the time. I might have watched repeats, that's for sure, because the BBC were really good in the 90s at repeating comedies. Yeah, and that's how they... Were built up um more even more viewers so falls and horses that infamous story isn't it that it's sort of and the office as well they're not so great the series one they do a few mm. re- reruns and they get millions more viewers and they go oh actually maybe there's something in it so that's what they yeah. used to do in the 90s a lot so i would have watched one foot on repeat at the very least by 94 95 but series six i can very much recall and uh I'm looking forward to discussing the final episode, That's, let alone this episode, but the final episode where we don't know how they're going to kill Victor off or what, what order they're going to do things. But it's just that <laughs> opening. I know we're talking about the execution of the song, by the way, but I just whilst you're here, did you, do you remember going, blimey, that first scene, Margaret's just on the telephone responding oh, to, her, whole, to a lawyer uh, or something. And he's like, because my husband's yeah. been dead. It's like, what? You've oh, killed him off already. That, that, <laughs> that um, yeah, I was flawed straight away, really. I mean... You're on the back remember, foot, aren't you? It's like, what? I can't... I remember talking to my mum beforehand. I was like, I'm not sure I want to watch it now. Can you not watch it and tell me tomorrow? And then I'll know whether I can... Because, I, you know, I'd grown up with Victor. Yeah. Um, um, I think it started in 89, 90. 90, um, yeah. My mum watched it from the start, and I was only very little then, about yeah. three or four. Yeah. But I, even at that very young age, I'd, I'd caught a few of those early ones. Because I still remember seeing that first episode where he gets replaced by the, the box. <laughs> wow. And he's just kind of cast out and feeling really sorry for him. And that's like one of my earliest memories of anything. Yeah. Is watching that episode. So I did. By the time the last series was on and yeah. Victor was on his way out, I thought, I can't say goodbye to this man and the people around him. I don't want to say goodbye to this man yet. So I was half and half. Yeah. I know, I know, to even watch I know. it, you know. So I was like, right, I don't know. But I did. I was brave and I watched it. Oh, well but done. I, just, I, just, <laughs> I was only very young as well. Yeah. So I was probably... When girls in my class were falling over... Boy bands and the like, yeah. yeah. Take that, Spice Girls. Whoever was current then, I don't even know. My, I was uh, Victor Meldrew. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember I was meant to go out with a friend that night. You know the old "Let's go out on the park and drink cider" thing. White night. I was meant, yeah. yeah, I was meant to go off and do that, and then it hit me in English that I was like, "Oh no, it's Victor night tonight. I, I can't." 
And I remember telling my friend, I can't go out tonight. I have to watch One Foot in the Grave with my mum. And she just laughed in my face. <laughs> she was like, you're not coming out because of that. I was like, well, yeah, it's important. And she yeah. was like, she wasn't even, she was just, just talk to the hand. She just wasn't even <laughs> having any of it. But yeah, I wasn't. She wasn't, wasn't a, pop- she wasn't a friend for life then. No, I wasn't no. popular that day. I was never really that popular. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, that first scene, you, it, it brings. He doesn't mess around, does he? He wants the audience to know straight away that that yeah. this is it. And didn't see, it. I just didn't see, own. didn't see it coming. No. But in, in a way, you can mourn him from the. Well, you're mourning him from episode one, series six. But yeah, rather than him being alive from the minute one of series six, episode six, and going any minute now he's going to die. You already know it, so you're getting used to it. Like Renwick does with some of these uh, storylines, there's certain things happen, and then, which is like, for example, like Mr. Swaney, when he does his back in, in um, <laughs> Descent, Descent into the Maelstrom, is, is, that's the one I'm thinking of. But the, the example is, he's, he's laid on the floor, and he's there overnight, and you forget about it. Because yeah. Victor revisits him in the middle of the night to get a drink or something, and... Yeah. That's just comedy go, and he does the same. And I almost forget Victor's died when episode six is progressing, because mm. obviously they're, they're they're sort of jumping back and backwards and and to the present moment, aren't they? Anyway, yeah. we're talking about the executioner song today. We are. I didn't actually yeah. come up with any kind of synopsis. No synopsis today. We're just going to go straight into okay the executioner song. So the opening scene is Patrick in some sort of therapy group. This guy who's running the therapy group, he's like what I can perceive to be some sort of life coach. And it's like a group of six people. So like Patrick's part of that group. And this therapist is played by uh, Hassani Sharpie. I think I pronounced that correctly. What I find strange in sitcoms, it's not that strange, but when you've got an <laughs> unnamed character that they, they still have a an actual character name on Wikipedia or IMDb, but then it's never used. Yeah. It's like, where did they get that from? <laughs> what's, the, what's the point in that? And the character is Rajiv Jamal. Okay. And I didn't know that. He's been in Star Wars and The World Is Not Enough and a few oh, other wow. TV okay. groups, yeah. Patrick oh. is is ultimately asked to name three things that cause him stress <laughs> and reminds him how to just sort of discuss them openly and then disable them. I think this is a good opportunity for Renwick to sort of go over a few things that's happened in the past. And, and I don't know if he had a new audience members in mind just to not spoon feed them, but just to highlight some of the stresses that Patrick really has gone through. So Definitely, definitely. I mean, my first thought when I, when I was, well, I've watched it millions of times, but when I was actually making some notes for this in particular, my first thought, when you analyse something, when you're watching something for pleasure, when you're yeah. watching something and analysing it, you get very, you you might even, I would recommend it to anyone really, anyone who's sad enough <laughs> like me to do it. Um, if you if you make mental notes or written notes, yeah. you, you can you can figure out a lot or get jokes that you, you might not have even noticed before. I mean, I would but, never, but... I didn't really think of that with Patrick, that it was like a recap for everybody or anyone who's not, even mm. uh, watched it before. I've, n- I've never thought of that. I thought it's just Patrick being resentful or, you know, explaining to the teacher uh, what's been happening. But I thought, no, that's quite clever because if no one's watched it before and they're tuning in because 
because yeah. a lot of publicity or they know the main character's going to be killed off or something like that. If it, like you said, new viewers. Yeah. Um, it is is and to have Patrick doing it, who's always been the anti-Victor or Victor's yeah. kryptonite or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, nemesis definitely. Uh, it's good because Angus Deaton. I love Angus Deaton. I think he's got such a brilliant, dry wit. But do you think he's like, it, I liken him to Basil Fawlty because, like, yeah, he does. He he's asked to name three things, and he goes, um, only three. And I just <laughs> I can just envisage Basil Fawlty saying that. Ooh, yeah, definitely. That Sorry, you were definitely. saying. Yeah, I was just think Angus Deaton's. It's like he's saying it without any emotion, but it's whilst being full of emotion, it's hard to explain. It's like, you know that he's just reached his limit. But the way he's describing it is just so funny because he's dry and it's deadpan. And I think deadpan humour is uh, one of the best forms of humour you can have, to be honest. So just having that dry kind of start, like, yeah, this, is yeah. this is bad. And I love that kind of slapstick reappearance of Victor at the window as well <laughs> where you just kind of see the shadow of his cat and his head it's so that's a bit Stan and Ollie I think where you just see the kind of silhouette as they he turns it. around Victor's <laughs> gone and he's like have, 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 have I just imagined that oh my god it's it's so funny it plays into the hands of the paranoia thing because yeah he's suffering <laughs> this stress but he's trying to he's trying to be convinced really by I don't know by this life coach or maybe Pippa that He's not really stressing you out. It's you stressing yourself out and you're working <laughs> things. He, he talks about, so the three things. Work, I suppose. Hasn't been much fun since the man who lived next door killed my chances of promotion. <laughs> Family. Never quite managed to start one after the man who lived next door sabotaged my sperm account. <laughs> and, of course, our new house. Has never really felt like home. What with the man who lived next door losing all our furniture? Ah, now I think I see a pattern beginning to emerge here. And presumably, you know, that's on the back of Starbound. And then you've got family, not being able to start a family because of um, Victor and sabotaging <laughs> a, a sperm count. That, yeah. that goes all the way back to Pit and the Pendulum, I presume. Yeah. And uh, yeah. The, new, the new house where they lost all the furniture in Wisdom of the yeah. Witch because of Victor. And I would, I would say... I mean, which ones are Victor's genuine fault? Not the crab. That's not his fault at all. He was sent that bag of seaweed, wouldn't he? And he just... Maybe he could have disposed of it properly. But nevertheless, that's not exactly... I wouldn't say uh, count that as his fault. I, th- I think very little of it is, is Victor's fault. I mean, I always remember my mum kind of likening the situations and, and Victor's situations to kind of Frank Spencer some yeah. others do have him because yeah. he's Victor's quite innocent in the way Frank is. Like he's never going out of his way to upset people. Really, right. he, he deep down he wants to help. He wants yeah. to be part of society. He wants to yeah. be friends with people. Really, yeah, but very true. Situations kind of go the opposite way, and it just goes disastrously wrong. And my mum, who was fans of both sitcoms, just said it. it's like Frank Spencer. They mean well, but everything just goes chaotically wrong even though they yeah. did they didn't really do anything <laughs> they didn't yeah. do anything it's like the universe is against them like like the aerial remember that they just attract it don't they they just attract victor always one. said some the man in the sky <laughs> i think it's the man in the sky making everything wrong for them i think it's nice that already we are giving them some information conclusions to some of these past events that 
that happened where we might not have always found out like in a way like we now know presumably that Patrick's infertile whereas it wasn't yeah. really he got <laughs> he got bitten on the balls by this crab but we didn't yeah. really know anything that come of it I can't recall well, Pippa did get pregnant though didn't she sadly yeah, which, um, I think that came then, that came before was that came before that episode, didn't it? I think so, that was a Christmas special a bit later on, wasn't it? That yeah, man in the, the long black coat. Yeah, with Eric Idle. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they they've never really really touched upon wanting kids, have they? Like, I think Pip. They might. I think again, I sort of man in the long black coat. To I don't uh, think Pippa did because she always said she bought Denzel. No, Patrick bought Denzel as. Pippa's baby substitute. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Pippa's always like, yeah, of course you did. Meaning it's Patrick that wants the baby, I think, really. Very not true. Really. I've, I've always got the sense that Pippa's not really bothered. Yeah. And they're sort but of Pat- in the late, they're in the late 30s at the youngest, so. Yeah, definitely. Sort of thing. But Patrick mentions he had some sort of forced vasectomy as a result of it. <laughs> so that's quite a big conclusion, really. So yeah, like, that's, yeah. Like you were saying, like during all of this, you know, Patrick does spot the silhouette of Victor on the wall. Anyway, where we can see Victor, the now window cleaner, marvelously executed. I thought, like, oh, definitely, highlighting yeah. Patrick's paranoia. He's, yeah. like he's not able to really identify him in the moment, but due, you know, so due to the sheer convenience of timing, Victor's sort of out of <laughs> shot again. So it's really well played with that sinister music playing in the background as well. Yeah. Um, well, the therapist comes up with a, a plan to alleviate this stress and pressure, or just to get rid of it is to laugh basically and it did remind me of david brent if you were a fan of the office there's an episode where he's given the motivational speech and he gets he talks about you know laughing's good for the soul and physically as well releasing endorphins and laughter therapy laughter therapy i should have just yeah. said that hey. <laughs> just just <laughs> come on trust me you'll feel <laughs> And they're I, all uh, laughing. Yeah, I, I I circle amongst spiritual people, so I know these kind of things. I'm not particularly a fan of them. Things like that, anyway, like laughter therapy. Just you yeah. know, laugh when you want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't see it forced laughter as any kind of yeah. therapy. But, not, um, not forcibly laughing like this lot are doing, because they're not even smiling, are they? I said doing that. No, it's, it, you have to laugh at the extras in that scene as well, because <laughs> the, they look a bit uncomfortable, don't they? You can see yeah. Like <laughs> that's an easy gig, though, isn't it? It would be have been great, yeah. On the one for the grave set, yeah. That is, um, yeah, that's clearly a studio, isn't it? Because Victor in the background, he, he wouldn't really be. That's he wouldn't like... be up a window. <laughs> <laughs> he could be, you never know. <laughs> Scene two, the living room of the Meldrews. It's looking a bit more yeah. modern now, isn't it? Like plain yeah, print walls. Yeah, Not many ornaments in the site. It's just looking like it's more with the times. The last three specials, they didn't know if they were coming or going with sort of fashion. I know that... Mm. Um, I've always loved their house, though. I've always loved their house. It's, it is homely, isn't it? The little window in the what looks into the, um, the hallway. I yeah. always find that quite nice. That's quite sweet, it's, isn't it? it? It does always look great. It doesn't look old people house. It just no. looks like a home to me. It, it, quite, they seem like quite cool people to me, <laughs> really. The cool older people. It's definitely... Um, it's definitely. I mean, when they lived at Wingate, there was... That house was definitely 
along with the picture quality, just a bit grainy and, and definitely dull colours. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. as the series has progressed, it has aged quite well. And it's, it's somewhere between middle-aged and elderly mm. uh, in terms of um, what you expect someone to have at decor-wise. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. And Victor's reading the local rag. And there's um, an article written by... Now, it's Marjorie Quayle. Has she been mentioned before? She hasn't, she? She Has she? I know it's Mimsy Berkowitz has been... He's usually writes... He's like the the agony art, but um, Marjorie Quayle has has written a really, really um, harsh review. Yeah, of a a comedian who's um, committed suicide. I do love... I do have to say I'm one of the best orthodontically challenged I think that's fantastic <laughs> orthodontically challenged comedian I think that's brilliant because you just get this image of somebody straight away don't you well I was thinking Ken Dodd but obviously he, he, he was very much alive but I don't know what was the fictional oh Larry Hackett I think Larry, Larry Hackett, Hackett was just a comedian and he proceeds to read out this this uh, review Though undoubtedly funnier than any of his jokes the sudden death last night of orthodontically challenged Larry Hackett by plummeting from a tall building fell as flat on his face as the man himself. Ranked against the self-destruction of other famous funsters, this creaky creed occur like the vintage martyrdom of a Hancock or fatty arbuckle. And was about as emotionally unsettling as a bag of winkles. He's only trying to earn a living, poor bloke. Yeah, Victor's very appalled as you would be for reading for reading this. And, I mean, uh, a, rev- a review of a suicide. I mean, when I actually sat back and thought about it the other evening, oh, that's quite harsh. I don't. I don't even think you could get away with that now, really, could you? Definitely not. Definitely. A review of a suicide, and and like mentioning people like Tony Hancock and Fatty mm. Arbuckle, other people have actually committed suicide i don't think the bbc would allow oh definitely not i think they'd see that as a bit insensitive these days no i mean i think everything is a bit insensitive though to be fair renwick though is the master at writing these fictional newspaper entry points from from a reader or from a oh yeah like yeah they're just brilliant he could he could probably write a whole new sitcom based on someone reading out articles because they're so quirky and for yeah. real aren't they you like know. the names like the name um, it's been mentioned before i mean even yeah. Ma- Ma- marjorie quayle is quite a, a fantastic name isn't it really yeah you get, again you get that image of a, of a woman in your mind straight away you do it? yeah um margaret's margaret shouting out from the kitchen to uh, for some help with the laundry and we're we're taken to the to the garden now where margaret's digging up a, a vegetable patch of, of, of sort and a, and a policeman called roger and his dog buster <laughs> big old alsatian yeah. he's just nipping around via the back gate um he's there's complaints of a loud television a noise blasting out of um their house at all hours apparently and uh <laughs> it, it transpires that they've got a rather large <laughs> tv very large, their garden, very large yeah. tv again <laughs> another fantastic line this episode is full of great just little one-liners, I think. Only Mr. Bithery says the vibrations from Moira Stewart have been loosening his false leg. The reason... I mean, what, what the hell? But I, I can totally, re- not say relate to it, but 
my grandparents used to have the volume on so loud because they were hard yeah. of hearing. And I do remember Moira Stewart's voice, a very distinct pitch and tone. And it did yeah. feel like it would vibrate through the speakers. Yeah. Not to the extent it, it, would, it, would, it would loosen someone's false leg, but I'm sure <laughs> Mrs... Just... It's just the whole situation of it, yeah. though, isn't it? Again, so slapstick, so surreal, so farcical, where the image in your mind just makes you throw your head back yeah. and laugh because you just can't... You can imagine it, but you just think, oh, God, imagine if that actually happened. It's Mrs Blithery who's mentioned, and Mrs Blithery's been mentioned a few times. It's Again, I love those names that... Yeah. Characters not seen but heard or spoken yeah. about i love it but you, uh, you kind of get an affection for them even yeah. though you don't see them don't you because the names are so uh endearing yeah and and quite cute that you yeah. think oh i can imagine that little old lady or that little old man who's friends with them or neighbors with them yeah and um, with, with, the, with the television size i don't think many people really opt for 15 inch tellies anymore do they i mean i had 15, <laughs> 15 inch portable in, the, in my room but I, I i feel like tvs have become more and more affordable haven't they over the last 20 years so oh yeah definitely i dread I mean, to think uh, how much a 50 inch television like that would have cost because i mean the packaging yeah, yeah. I, I reckon easily close to a thousand oh, probably yeah. more i mean we, I mean, I, I'm from a working class family, so we only had a TV when I was little because we'd get second hand ones and there was mm. always huge and I'd be the TV remote. I'd have to be the one getting up and changing the channel. So that was the kind of deal. And so, yeah. This is this is going to turn into a, a full Yorkshireman sketch where we're going to try and outdo <laughs> each other who's was more worse off. But no, I was lucky to have a, a telly in, in, in my bedroom. <laughs> No, I didn't have a TV. I didn't get a TV in my bedroom. You were lucky to have a bedroom. No. Slept out in the mud. (laughs) Oh, you had mud? I had to sleep on the gravel, me. Leaf to cover me. (laughs) I only got one when I was 13 because I'd got a PlayStation for my birthday. All right. Didn't have anything to play it on. Uh, So I got got a TV then. Very good. This uh, policeman, he seems to be sort of an acquaintance of um, Victor Margaret. He seems quite a friendly local plod with his um, with his pet dog. Who he's got a, a so the key thing here is, and it's going to time really badly as ever in a moment. But there's he's got a, a large bone, isn't he? That he's buried, and and the policeman is digging it back up, just as as ever. Patrick walks by to yeah. sort of presume that there's a dead body that's been buried there. So it's the Frank Spencer situation again, isn't it? Yeah. Where they've had no control over that situation, yeah, and they've had no control over the timing of Patrick. It's yeah. just worked out the worst. Where Patrick's still thought they're, they're crazy. They're, yeah, it's like the universe doesn't want them to reconcile. It's like they always have to be at the two ends of. It's the comedy gods, I think, isn't it? It has to be that way. I think thought... that's I think that's very clever. The fact that the dog had such a huge bone in its mouth, and it just <laughs> happened to be digging it up by a policeman when Patrick comes round the. the yeah, I, I, I just just mad. to be pedantic for a moment. It's hard to imagine a police dog on the beat with a carrying a bone. Do you know, like <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't. It would, I just don't know if it would, but it works well as a little unfortunate misunderstanding it's, it's still quite clever i still think it's quite clever um, margaret we should margaret we should say margaret's been called in by victor to, to answer a telephone call which we brought into the kitchen and um as she's on the telephone victor's having a bit of a panic because 
he's taking he's oh. taking all the washing out of the so yeah. i don't know if, if i don't know how much time has passed here because margaret left it out in a in a laundry basket and i don't think it's what you know it has has much time passed because he's taken it out like it's dried but she said moments ago to put it in and wash it i don't know yeah. if i'm missing something there but nevertheless pat um patrick victor thinks he's um been responsible for shrinking it put on a high heat <laughs> and it's very it's yeah. it, it's more slapstick you got margaret on the phone in the foreground victor you can see him through the into the kitchen desperately trying to stretch out this clothing he's 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 wetting it under the tap and uh, you do feel for him because he thinks i'm gonna get in so much trouble in a minute you do i think it's the whole man and wife thing isn't it like i think sitcoms do play on that i've mentioned mm. that before where sitcoms and things in general really play on the man being hopeless yeah they don't leave the don't leave the man alone with the kids See, you know he'll sell one of them for a beer or whatever <laughs> you know it's always played on that and i think would that work if they if they used a, a female stereotype that much i mean men don't let's be honest we can be we can be uh you know modern we can have a modern way of thinking about this but i do think <laughs> the average bloke probably would panic in that situation <laughs> thing no I, i'm sure they because obviously it transpires that it's not adult clothes it's yeah, it, for children is is children's clothes <laughs> that Mar- margaret's yeah. doing a favor for for um some some lady who's in the hospital she's got three children so fix has only gone and ruined these clothes you know which was ironic because he was trying to rectify it, it. Fixing it. Yeah. again the but, Frank Spencer, um, um, yeah. <laughs> triangle <laughs> thought he was doing right but was doing wrong victor what the hell are you doing <laughs> it's all right I think you're going to be able to wear them. It says I may have left them in a little bit oh, too long. Will you stop that? This is the washing I said I'd do for that lady who's just come out of hospital and her three children. <laughs> God, <laughs> this is what I wear, you think? Look what you've done to these now. I'm sorry, I... I do... We should also note the person on the phone was Pippa. Um, yes. Pippa and Margaret have this consistently lovely, uh, peaceful relationship. They're keeping it all together, aren't they? And they've arranged to um, go out. Well, they're going out for a meal and Margaret's invited them. On the telephone, we do hear that Margaret's got a job now. She's she's working. She's a, a care worker. Yeah, like a care worker. Because yeah. she's, she lost her job in... A prior episode didn't she um which episode yeah. was it? uh oh hole um, hole in the sky series five yeah she snapped at the end she was in a bit of a foul mood that episode so yeah i, I feel like she's, she's worked at the florist since then though because she's been in her floristry uniform so unless i don't know but nevertheless she's got this new job so that's good she's being kept busy victor's the window cleaner so they've got a bit of income income coming in now haven't they yeah so. yeah which could equate the change in the house you never mm. know done things up a little bit i do i do i do love margaret um snapping at victor when she does see him stretching <laughs> out the, the clothes but yeah and that's uh, an unfortunate but the, the the plans are to go to the chinese so that'd be nice and yeah we're led to believe it's she's invited patrick and pippa but we know it's only going to be pippa later but that's fine we'll we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that i i did note that with this episode really the fact that margaret and pippa despite their two husbands being like petulant children yeah they've kind of managed to keep this really nice bond going even though they've moved house and 
everything that's happened. It's like it doesn't bother Margaret and Pippa. It's like let's just leave the men to it, and and they've still got this really nice bond. And I think that's what I don't know. I do think there's affection between Patrick and and Victor, and I think a lot of that comes from because they can see how Pippa and and Margaret don't let it bother them. I just think Patrick's got a short memory. I mentioned this mm. the last couple of episodes. His life was saved by Victor not not, not long ago. Exactly. And exactly. when when Pippa lost her baby, Patrick needed Margaret and Victor to take him to the hospital, and yeah. they were they comforted him. So, a bit of a short memory, bit bit frustrating. But like I said, he he feels like his livelihood has been affected by Victor because he didn't get that. Mm. He didn't lose his job, did he? he just didn't, didn't get a a promotion. He didn't get a promotion. So I just think the two are like, and Patrick would never admit that. And I think Renwick alludes to that with the the scene in the mirror. Yeah, where Patrick looks in the mirror and he turns into Victor, which is really well done because yeah, it, it's, it's weird. It, it's weird because it's like perfect. <laughs> yeah. You can see it. Uh, so yeah, I just think the two are alike, and sometimes yeah. that can bring you together, and sometimes it can repel you. I think in this case, I, I really loved the um, short anecdote where Margaret said it's been a while since we've seen them, and Victor sort of acknowledges it by remembering the time they stayed the night, and they <laughs> they put a waterproof sheets on the bed. It's also yeah. a, a dick at their age, and and a, a, so, yeah. a sausage dog Denzel sniffing around between oh, the legs, which, um, which we know will make his somehow lose his <laughs> voice. But yeah, just love it. So here, here's a, a, a quite a big, the biggest moment so far in the episode. What biggest moment, but. Something that's relatable to this podcast in the sense that the 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 snippet I used for a Meldrew moan is coming up. <laughs> so he's been waiting for quite some time, as ever. He's always waiting for something to be delivered or for a tradesman to turn up. He's been waiting for some wallpaper for the spare bedroom, I believe. He is. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's as he's unboxing it, we get we get the infamous rant. doesn't he he's like he's like he can't get it out he needs he's like getting a motorbike going he cannot believe it and i just like how it's unraveled you you can't it's not like the words aren't in the right order almost but you know it says get a life you sad git it's not not joined up it's it's brilliant it just just the brain yeah you just know it's yeah life and sad git yeah it just takes that the brain just that little few seconds and then it hits you and you just laugh and you think oh god because <laughs> you can hear the audience do it It just takes them a second mm. and they realize and it's just uproarious it's so funny was that company playing out there because they, they've been taking apparently weeks and weeks and weeks to send their wallpaper you think that you think they'd send the right wallpaper and that as just a bonus just to <laughs> but they're just making it worse for themselves, it's, just, it's all the wallpaper i'd love that wallpaper i'd have that I would love to know who has that wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's... It might only be a metre or two long because mm. when he was unravelling it, it probably stopped at a set. But that would be a... Me- I'd, have to, I'd have to... If I ever get to speak to David Renwick, I would I'd like to know wallpaper. who has that prop. 
Definitely. I don't know if I'd get away with <laughs> putting up in my house, but I'd still like to. I'd have, have it. it. <laughs> I'd have it as a feature wall in my bedroom. Oh, because yeah, that's awesome. I just think it'd be. I, it's only me who'd see it, and anyone yeah. else who saw it, I'd be like, "Isn't it wonderful?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We're now in the uh, Patrick's office. We're often we often um, we'll probably see Patrick's office more than we do any room in their house. I know this is like their new house, but. In their mm. old, you know, when they lived in Riverbank, we we mostly saw the his his office. So the hive of activity yeah. is in the office. We even yeah, see, definitely. even see um Brian Murphy swinging naked outside his window. It wasn't yeah. Brian Murphy? It was a stunt man. But everything seems to happen in there, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, it's Patrick's hive, isn't it? It's Patrick's brain. I like to think it's like because he's, he's Patrick's always there. I'm guessing. So yes, you, if we want to see Patrick, we have to join him in his office. Just like Pippa does, so it's his um it's his birthday oh. coming up, and um I think Pippa wants to know what what you would like. I think Patrick is keen for some artwork, and I think Rolf yeah. Harris has mentioned um, <laughs> they went to know yeah. were they, but they no, anything, anything. I, again, I don't think that would be mentioned. No, <laughs> just a feeling, just a feeling. Patrick's once again demonstrating his pettiness because he's not going to come out for the the invite of uh, the Chinese restaurant um, evening out that that Margaret has asked of them. So he's quite childish, I'd say. He's just absolutely dead against seeing Victor and Margaret, probably yeah. just because it's Victor. I don't think he's got a particular problem with Margaret. Or has he? I don't know, because there's a weird scene later on where he just cannot stand to be in the same room as her. But we'll get onto that in a minute. But there's a little bit of backstory about so Denzel's lost his... Um, his, his his voice lost you know his little voice yeah once the poor little mite had a glimpse at victor's genitals <laughs> i've got to say in the previous scene when margaret's on the phone we obviously see pippa on the phone as well don't we it sort of switches back and forward doesn't it if i remember rightly and i, I do yes, I, it, yeah, it I do like pippa is really quite funny in this um episode because <laughs> she, i made um, that exact point in my notes pippa is fantastic in this episode She's, she's, I'll, I'll I'll speak about it later on, but she's got one of my favourite lines ever. She, she's, uh, she has a couple of great lines that just don't make any sort of sense, do they? Anyway, how are things? Oh, a bit grisly at the moment, if truth be told. With it being Patrick's time of the month and everything. <laughs> you know that thing men go through where they can't open their mouths without getting right on your tits? <laughs> she says it was so- <laughs> Ben and the way she's like stabbing the dog food as she says it yeah, yeah. it's real she's she's really really good in this episode because <laughs> i don't think pippa pippa has had enough chance to shine really because yeah. in the early episodes she was just kind of patrick's little psychic wife uh and it was it, it's nice that pippa had this episode because when i think of pippa i think of this episode because she was just so good yeah, she's, she's, so, she's, so she's, funny she's, in this one. she's usually been a bit of a mouse, isn't she? But yeah, she's, she's yeah. very, she's almost sort of in the mold of Margaret as well. Like yeah. they're, they're they're a young Victor and Margaret, really, aren't they? Yeah, and I think I think Pippa can see that in Patrick. I think she can see that Patrick has that potential to become another Victor, even though Patrick can't. Yeah, I don't know how I missed a bit about Pippa and. Um, because it was an element of reverse sexism almost, wasn't it? The way she was talking about Patrick. Yeah, but, um, definitely. Anyway, yeah, so, sorry, yeah, to fast forward to where we are in the office, and it was revealed that yeah, Denzel lost lost his um, 
doggy voice once in mm-hmm. the, the sight of I wonder Victor if it was the same dog. It looked like the same dog because dogs get kind of get that graying nose yeah. when they yeah. get older. So he looked a bit fatter and a bit grayer. Yeah, it certainly looked like the original Denzel to me. I think, <laughs> Which would be nice if it was. I think I'm sure it's Pit in the Pendulum we first saw um Denzel the dog, and that's what yeah. 95. So this is five years on, so it makes sense. Yeah, he's like and he was so small. He was so small as well. Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't think Victor would be able to pick up Denzel the dog now and, and confuse no. him for a telephone. <laughs> Definitely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Pippa is unsure Definitely about Pippa's unsure about this theory that you know, looking at Victor's genitals will make the dog lose his voice. <laughs> but nevertheless, the bargain's gone. Suddenly, she's interrupted by the fact that they got a, they got a fax message. Just interrupting this little edit here. I've noticed that Sarah and I were talking about a fax machine that Patrick owns. It's, of course, a printer. So, um, yeah, realised made a mistake there, thinking that he was receiving a fax or sending off a fax message. So it is indeed a printer. So please disregard anything to do with fax machine-related topics. I've kept it in because I just thought the conversation flowed well and it was relatively amusing. So, yeah, just thought I'd explain that away for you. Do continue to enjoy one for the podcast. Cheers. I, I, I've always wanted a fax machine. I still think they're underrated <laughs> pieces of technology. Very dated. I just I don't know anyone, personally speaking, friends, family, colleagues, who've used or owned a fax machine. And, you know, they, they're remarkable pieces of kit, really, aren't they? You can get the actual message to you, paper format. Not, what, yeah. you know, not the original, but... It's just so quick and instant. Anyway, just getting lost. I've, in the I've never used one. They're kind of like a mystery thing to me. Like, do they re- like a mandala effect? It's like, do they actually exist? Because I've never used one. I've never been taught to use one. Maybe it's my age. Do you think a, fa- a fax machine company lets their employees use email? No. <laughs> no, definitely not. That's, That's a strict policy. Against- yeah, it's going against it all, isn't it? So this this fax is a Redis Digest bit of junk mail, and it's like one of those you know you could be entered in for a lucky draw. When any and I'll and I'll play this because it's again Pippa on form. What the hell is all this? Congratulations! I am pleased to announce that you, head of Redis Digest junk mail, are one of the lucky winners in my special prize draw, and have been selected to receive at least one of the following sensational gifts. A pair of diamond earrings worth at least £10,000, a fabulous dream holiday in sunkissed Waikiki, or a dead rat. <laughs> Open now to see which of these prizes is yours. Oh my God, I feel sick. <laughs> yes. This is just one of a series of rotting rodents that are yours to examine free of charge in your own home. Please rush me a decomposing squirrel by return of post. <laughs> now, is this this is Pat, is this Patrick setting up the fake competition? Because she's he, she's she's received the facts, or is it the facts that's ready to go out? That's what I was trying to just work out. Is this Patrick's okay, fake because um... com- to get because he wants to get back at. These companies, yeah. very much how Victor would. I who think sends it crap. Is, yeah, it's definitely be. Patrick's yeah. um, campaign. <laughs> I, I, I know that it's his, it's his little setup, but I just, I didn't know if because Pippa picks up the the fax message, 
but I think it was ready to be sent. I don't think I just yeah, presumed I when she, I watched it, it was he'd received it. I think she gets it out of the machine where he's put it ready to go. I yeah, think. it's it's, um, it's it's a good um it's a good little way to get back at certain companies who do just bombard you with this sort of and and they're almost always scams as well. So if, I, I'm quite on Patrick's side here. I I know somebody who do you, know, you get all them takeaway leaflets or things like that through your door. Yeah. If he if he ever gets um like one of those free envelopes where you can send off for your free prize, he collects all these leaflets off, puts them in this when he's got enough, he puts them into the free envelope that he's got and just posts it. Well, so whoever, him, yeah. whoever gave him the free envelope is now just gonna get a load of pizza leaflets. So <laughs> I think I think I think he's a, a victor in the making, to be honest. I I I brought one of those no junk mail sticky on signs to go on the, the envelope, <laughs> but it just fell off and oh, we're just forever getting stuff. But who doesn't, you know, to be fair? We're all, yeah. You can sign it, sign your name up to any one of schemes that stops junk mail, but they, they don't quite seem to work, do they? No, definitely. Getting, getting, I mean, carried, getting carried away with this topic here. Oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sidetrack. We, we'll we, we, can, we can move on from it. Now, yes. Pippa accuse, is accusing Patrick here of basically what we've already discussed. He's turning into you-know-who. You can't even yeah. see it. And that's when he goes up to the he goes up to the mirror. <laughs> he knows who she means. Yeah. So we see that clever it's, sort of... It's a brilliant of moment, that. Yeah. And what, what's quite uh, unique about Victor Maldry, he's, he, he's wearing clothes that you've never seen him wear before. It's obviously what Patrick's wearing, but it just looks a bit... Peculiar without wearing a cardigan or shirt yeah, or and a cap. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's uh, he's turning into and I think yeah, like we've 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 more than speculated. It's basically Renwick saying Patrick and Pippa are a young Victor and Margaret. That's 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 yeah. the bottom line. He's a different character, isn't he, from when we first meet him in Who Will Buy? Because he was very cool, calm and collected and and, and pleasant. Yeah. And they, you know, when they travelled up from Bath, which is near where I live, they totally they different. They were both um, quite uh, young and sprightly and and Patrick and Pippa, that sort yeah. of Yeah, you can't imagine Italy. them doing that by the end, can you? No, not at all. <laughs> I wonder if that's all living next to Victor or just married life in general. Well, they only really lasted about four or five years in their universe of living next door yeah. to them. That's probably enough. I suppose that's more than <laughs> enough for anyone if you really don't like your neighbours. But there are worse neighbours to live next to, isn't there? Like, oh, definitely. Definitely. I want to remind Patrick of that for a minute. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So we're in, um, I don't know what point of time this is, the next day or whatever, but we've got a great shot of, it's quite a lot going on here. You've got the huge the huge t- television on on top of uh, <laughs> the chest of drawers or whatever. I can't tell if that looks, because when I first saw that site, I mean, in the year 2000, it'd been amazing. Oh, you need yeah. have a 50-inch yeah. telly. And it sort yeah. of looks, it looks like, when I look at it now, it looks, I would, I'd love to have a telly like that. Like, I still would like that kind of television. It, it, it looks like it does look like a dinosaur, though, doesn't it? It does look like something you wouldn't get now. I mean, it's nothing so pra- thin. It's nothing practical about it, but it just looks. Yeah. I can't think of the right word. It, it's uh, 
looks more than a collectible, that's for sure. But you got Victor in the yeah, fall trying to do a piss, uh, <laughs> piss fly. Is that, I mean, there's oh, a few times geez. this has happened, isn't it? Margaret with the with the WD forty and the pliers. <laughs> Casually, like this is a casual occurrence. Like this has yeah. happened many times. But I love that in comedies where something surreal and farcical is happening, but to them it, it's every day. Yeah. 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 Especially in the Meldrew world, yeah. I think The Simpsons, anyone who watched The Simpsons, <laughs> I think that's a brilliant example of that, where the world is constantly, Homer especially, is constantly doing something completely ridiculous. Mm. But to Marge especially, it's like, yeah, this is just normal life. <laughs> this is what happens. But I think, I think, I think cartoons can get away with that, but when it's when it's humans acting it in a, in a again, still a f- fictional bit of television it's, it's even more I, I, well i think farcical comedies the best farcical comedies like balti yeah. towers and things like that are quite cartoonish yeah really. yeah yeah but they're not but they're not believable in any way but part of your brain just thinks yeah this would happen <laughs> we, yeah, we can actually happen. we can believe it when it where it comes to victor because all sorts of strange things happens but apparently <laughs> poor mrs warboys is at fault for accepting the tv delivery obviously with oh, she, she obviously stayed in for them but well, that's where we, we get the line from Victor, where he says, <laughs> It's a whopper, isn't it, Mr. Melville? Isn't she sweet? I, I listened to I listened to her episode today. It was fantastic. Isn't she sweet? Oh, you listened to the... Oh, thank you. Sorry, I thought you meant you yeah, watched her, yeah. her. Oh, yeah, she is very, no, she's she's, very cute, isn't she, she? Isn't she just better than you could have imagined? So sharp. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's wonderful, isn't she? And she remembers it quite well. I mean, yeah, obviously, there's recall. some she, she she admits that she doesn't remember, mm. but like getting wet in the rain and things like that. <laughs> uh, so she's just so sweet. She's, she's very lovely. sweet. Yeah, I hope, I hope if you listen to this, I hope you go back and listen to Doreen's little chat on me. She's she was great. She's um, adorable. But what what's happened here with accepting the, the television delivery? And it's not her fault. It's Victor seems to think she should know that they, of course, they wouldn't order. And that may well be the case, but you wouldn't <laughs> refuse a delivery that's not yours and say, well, I don't think they'd have this. But no, because you wouldn't know for sure, wouldn't. would you? No. I mean, it's very much like Descent of the Maelstrom with the, with the griller outfit. Like, okay, she, she was asked yeah. to pick up a suit, a, a suit but yeah. technically speaking, like, she wasn't to know for sure. You just, you just asked to pick something up. But like, I thought there's a, yeah. a bit of a similarity there. There's there's talk of the um they're going out for the Chinese. Margaret is not happy with this choice. I don't know why she just didn't <laughs> choose one, but she, <laughs> she, no, has, she knows already. Doesn't she knows she? already, and obviously we see the audience sees the um the like the pamphlet of the menu for the Shag Eye Express, and she she suspects it's probably not even a misprint. I think there's a bit of a change in in Margaret's character in this episode somehow because she doesn't seem as oh I don't know what the word is but she doesn't she's very placid like there's a few moments where like she doesn't cotton on about the painting probably going a bit further on oh I think yeah I think and the the wallpaper she was just sort of like you know she wouldn't even the painting for Patrick, she's just kind of like, yes, it, you know, it's growing on me now. I can I can see what he was getting at. Well I think in the earlier episodes she would have said straight away, you know, it, it's bird shit, Victor. It's not, it's not a painting. Well, I look forward I to, I, I look forward to debating that because I, I thought she's just been really sarcastic. I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll, we'll come know. to it in a minute. Well, we're at the Chinese now. Um, we've seen them in the Chinese and the Wisdom and the Witch, and that seemed to go okay apart from Victor getting knocked out. But you know, <laughs> they, they seem to enjoy it. Margaret and Pippa decided they actually disliked their meal very much. 
and uh, mentioning of the crispy duck's beak had burnt. So that's when they first yeah. realised it's probably not going to be hoot cuisine. <laughs> Victor is so childlike in this moment. He's just, he loves it, doesn't he? He's, he's loving try, it. It's a rotating table. He does I get it to rotate. <laughs> they don't have those anymore, they do they? I haven't. I haven't. I they mean, do. They do. You do know, they? I, Why the I, north? I, uh, yeah, I don't touch them. I went to one in Manchester. Right. Uh, and thankfully, someone else did the Victor moment of trying to spin it and it kind of knocking everything halfway across the restaurant. And I just remember saying to someone, I'm so glad that wasn't me because normally it's me that does things like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I get the point of them, but I just wouldn't. Again, it's the Frank Spencer thing, isn't it? If it, <laughs> if it can go wrong, it will. So leave I, it alone. I, I did like Victor's sort of really like gritting his teeth trying to yeah. and, and loosen and it does go everywhere and he's got the it hiccups as, he's got the hiccups as ever he thinks that if he, <laughs> the food tastes fine but with the hiccups comes a little gag didn't you say that an artist lives in your window cleaning round perhaps you could find out if he's got any decent effect i can do perhaps tomorrow morning in the meantime i think i'll go for a piss uh, statue ice cream i'm sure in jonathan <laughs> creek there's that same gag and i can't think of the episode I don't, I don't think someone's got a hiccup in Jonathan Creek. I don't know if you watched Jonathan Creek. But... I watched a few. Uh, oh, it's okay. one of them things that kind of passed, passed to me by, to be honest. Well, um, um, Jonathan Creek, Alan Davis's character, I think he, he meets like a, an ex-girlfriend or and she apparently they, they end on bad terms of the way he spoke to her father, but transpired he didn't say anything bad. It's just he had a hiccup and it sounded like he said a certain word. I just can't remember the episode. I think it was, I think it was Black Canary. So any Creek fans will know that episode. Sorry. So um, it's talk of at the at the dinner table. It's talk of Patrick's birthday and Pippa saying that Patrick's dropping hints about wanting a, a painting. So because Victor's a window cleaner now, one of his customers uh, is an artist. So maybe they can get like a little a bargain or maybe pick up something from there. It's quite a clear rule. If generally speaking, if someone wants to fill their wall with 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 um, some artwork let them choose it yeah uh, i think patrick yeah. should know that he really needs to be choosing something and then he did give a few hints that what he wanted but it's a bit of a risk pip pip this is probably on pippa this is to to yeah. sort of give, give the go ahead to get fixed i mean art, art's a very personal thing anyway yeah um especially with someone who knows about about art um mm. so someone like patrick who, who's quite knowledgeable and also quite hard to please probably wasn't the best idea <laughs> no, not at all. Looking forward to but talking about that. They meant well, didn't they? They, they did. meant well. It's just a moment in the restaurant that it sparked a memory from when I watched it when I was younger. Seeing the nudity in the, in the ah. restaurant, the lady's chest. Yeah. And I remember I remember thinking, seeing that, I thought, oh, we can tell it's a bit, you know, it's two thousands now. It, you know, it's going <laughs> a bit risque, isn't it? I yeah. saw that as. You didn't see boobs in one foot. So to me, it was like, oh, I'm watching this with my mum, you know. <laughs> it was yeah, a bit... It's a bit it's, it, when you're 13, 14, you just want to sort of hide behind the sofa almost, don't you? It still jars a bit now, to be honest, because you never saw it like that before in previous episodes. So you yeah. just felt a bit like, oh... I, 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 I think I don't. I think that... <laughs> we'll get... We're going to speak about that in a minute. So Victor needs a toilet. And um, yeah. before he goes to the toilet, there's a... A gentleman entering an out of order cubicle, closely followed by Victor, who decides to not go in the one that's free because it looks like it's been heavily, heavily used. So <laughs> he goes into the. Uh, I think also 
sorry, I'm skipping ahead here, but then someone else comes out of the cubicle that is a totally different man, which is a bit, you think, what's, what's going on yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the hell? Because that door's open, Victor doesn't see the sign. He goes in, and this is where the, doing it, the zip on this flies gag pays yeah. off because he's trying to undo it, and he's stamping his feet. And we do hear someone stamp their feet or something's gone on previously. Yeah, yeah. And as he does that, the most strange thing it would be very strange of you in that position. You wouldn't know what's going on, <laughs> would you? The floor no, lowers. The ground uh, floor, it's like he's on like an escalator. Not an escalator, but he's, he's just lowered an down elevator, to this. A lift, an, yeah. yeah. He's lowered down to this gentleman's club, should we say. Yeah, <laughs> just, underground brothel. <laughs> an underground brothel, that's that's the phrase I was looking for. And, and yeah. you, you can see the original guy that went in and... Yeah, then the nudie ladies approach Victor and he just looks so well, perplexed <laughs> of what the hell. <laughs> he's just stood there with his hands on his, you know, on his crotch area. And he must be. He, do, he, does, the, um, he does those flabbergasted looks very well, doesn't he? Yeah, that only Richard Wilson could do. Yeah. But especially, I mean, alarm bells were ring when he could see the Visa MasterCard sign as he's, <laughs> <laughs> as he's going down. Oh. You can see he's in a monologue as well when he's doing those kind of stop moments and flabbergasted moments. You can just see his head going a mile a minute, yeah. which is so good because you just know what he's thinking because you that's, know what you think in that situation. You just be like, what is happening? That's, that's How not is a, this happening? That's not a cheap set to build either, is it? Like, no, that's the double layered set. Wow. I love how the toilet goes with him and it's just like the pipe sticking <laughs> yeah. up. As he's going down, <laughs> the pipes going, the pipes come apart, and the pipes just say, like, "Does that toilet even work?" Obviously not. Obviously not. It's all that, very elab- elaborate. Is that one <laughs> of the best practical jokes ever played on Victor? Like the most cleverest and and bizarre. When we think back to it's everything up that's there, happened. isn't it? It's definitely up there. It's definitely Brilliant. up there. Of course, Margaret is she's got the ump with him as ever. She didn't really stop to consider the reasons Victor's landed himself in this mess, but I think the fact he's got the kiss, the lipstick marks on his forehead, <laughs> a bit like in um, One Foot in the Algarve, where he's, um, was it Isabella from the, the shoe yeah. shop? Yeah, oh, that's quite a, sweet. Planted a smacker on him, but it's it's not, it's, it's totally not Again, his fault. Again, it's not his fault, no. He, he, he didn't, I'm sure, he, you can't orchestrate that kind of situation, can you really? And the only way to explain that is if there was some sort of, cut scene or a missing moment where <laughs> it just which might explain margaret's annoyance a bit more but maybe, nevertheless yeah maybe they just jumped him yeah, <laughs> well Wrong moment. They're, they're heading off now anyway um pippa's gonna stay back and wait for a taxi for some reason i, I guess that's not on the way you know um margaret and victor aren't going past her house but they picked her up I think, so I, I think she says it's miles out isn't it or something yeah. So um, she so she she waits at the bar, doesn't she? And there's this sort of tough looking bloke. Looks, looks a bit <laughs> down and out, doesn't he? Um, this this actor is, is I didn't know his name. I had to look it up. He's his character's name is Warren, but he's played by John Harding. And this is another one from the grave curse because he died at age sixty six oh, in twenty fifteen. I mean, he only looks about mid forties there, doesn't he? Mid, oh, late forties wow. maybe. So you just think. That's very sad. A lot of this happens, you know. Um, people, you know, when they get to a certain age, usually sadly pass on. But I just find that quite a lot of one foot in the grave cameo roles or extras seem to sadly go 
go beyond yeah. uh, go before their time but um there's a few there's a few i mean i can't name any now off the top of my head but sometimes i will i will look at actors from a sitcom or um something like that and i think god they're not even things like dad's army where you think well yeah it's natural now that they would all be passed on but it does seem sometimes that some sitcoms or dramas yeah. might have a bit of a curse on them yeah, yeah. you think wow that's a bit um i mean look at father ted yeah i mean i know what one of them was quite old anyway when he passed but dermot morgan that is. I remember BBC Breakfast, sad. BBC Breakfast News, and and them announcing that. Ninety eight, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Ninety eight. Yeah, I remember that as well. It's very sad. But yeah, uh, it's yeah. There's a lot of tragedy and comedy. I think that's how it works. So so Pippa and this um, unnamed chap at this stage, but we know we know him as Warren. So Pippa, he's giving giving each other the eye, and uh, Pippa's getting a bit giddy, and, and it cuts there, doesn't it? Where we. Go straight back to the Meldrews. This is just something that happens now that fairly regular occurrence with telephone. The, t- when it, the home telephone seems to be like cross lines and um, <laughs> or just not working. But Victor goes to make a telephone call and it's, it's like instantly put through to whoever he's calling. And it's it's the, it's Lorraine Kelly basically asking a set of personal questions about interest. Victor's quite offended. And we can hear this, can't we, as the audience we're thinking... Oh, it's okay. We're just hearing it because sometimes for telephone calls, um, they you they get sort of, across line, yeah. Yeah, or we can just just so we can hear it. But actually, goes <laughs> upstairs and it, it's the huge fifty-inch TV letting out this very loud. The volume is obviously on max, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and this is another strange, weird thing where Margaret says she's put it on for Mrs. Ellsbury's mother across the road. <laughs> so. so and, and we see David Remwick as well. Yeah, so I should I should say that he he's um he's cameoed in this in this one, isn't he? Yeah, he he does a Graham Linehan. He he just stuck himself can't, where can't people resist. might not notice him. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder how many people would recognise him. Yeah, I, I I think up to that point, I mean, how often would you have seen Remwick on the TV? Maybe at award ceremonies, but I I think that's great that he he pops up every so often, and um, I just yeah. love to I just love the image of mrs elsby's mother watching across <laughs> the other side of the house with binoculars <laughs> and they'd be able to hear it it's just emphasizing the point that these large tvs are just too big and too noisy and and it's a, a little dig at, at maybe maybe a dig at people who buy unnecessarily large unnecessarily loud and loud cinematic TVs. home audio yeah. equipment yeah <laughs> i've i just one of the funniest scenes for me one of the quirkiest funniest scenes in the series six it is good again it just gives you even though you can't see her with her binoculars and the phone it just gives you a fantastic image doesn't it it's, it's, a, it's a great image and i just look now what was was a bit bizarre was the telephone is off the hook for some reason and you can hear that chipmunk type sound yeah. clip off someone like you know if you ever watched the, the flintstones or yeah old programs where they they don't really want to invest in putting like a proper dub in of a, someone like an audio clip of someone on the phone oh like somebody stands on his exactly hello i'm surprised they went there with that but yeah it's, it's I, I, yeah it's again yeah, very it's, cartoonish isn't very it ca- that's what i think you can get away with it when you are quite cartoony and quite fast it's quite comedy but it, it's Mrs. Ellsbury's mother saying basically Victor's in the way so yeah. <laughs> margaret's like get away like pointing to him 
and Victor goes goes with it, which is which surprises me. Like it depends on what side of bed he's got out on, I suppose. But he was obviously in not too much of a bad mood to to. to I always think it's it. kind of a mix of his sensitivity. Maybe yeah. if she's old and disabled, that's yeah. okay in his head. Yeah, he's quite he's quite kind and quite sensitive, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's only people that piss him off that he's got the problem with, <laughs> and maybe the other half of it is just what's going on. I'll just go, I'll go along with it. I don't know what's going on, but I'll go along with it. Like it's unbelievable, even yeah. him. <laughs> because if it if it was Mrs. Ellsbury, I don't think he would comply with that because she's had she has the all night parties, doesn't she? she Laughing policeman. <laughs> but like you said, it, it's his, it's her elderly mother, presumably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's there does seem to be some sort of running theme with indigestion or IBS throughout the series. <laughs> I think we'll we'll we will revisit it, won't we, later with um Margaret not Margaret, Mrs. Warboys giving Victor was it a bit of black pudding or a blood sausage or something in oh, Tales of Terror? Yeah. Which <laughs> they think it's like bowel cancer, but it, yeah, it has to be Mrs. Warboys related <laughs> as well, doesn't Indirectly, it? Yeah, as ever. <laughs> I was talking about earlier how um so we're in Patrick and Pippa's kitchen, how we almost always see his office, but actually we're in their kitchen now where he's chiseling away at um a really savagely overfrozen fridge freezer. Oh, yeah. It's really bad, isn't it? I just don't think yeah. they get like because they all fridge freezers are um sort of deep defrost free. <laughs> Except for this think, one. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember one of ours when I was a kid getting like that, like an undercounter mm. freezer. Uh, so I think in the early 90s, they were quite common, <laughs> depending on where you got your freezer from. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I say they're not like that these days. When I when I lived in, in a flat of my own a long time ago, I did actually have a fridge with a tiny little freezer compartment and that was all over frozen. It was obviously a bit like Patrick's, but not as bad. Yeah. I spent ages doing what he's doing. Yeah. It occurred to me just to chuck some hot water on it. And I also put a bucket at the bottom and a towel. And it obviously instantly breaks it down. But you just have to you know, be uh, prepared to have a bit of a, a mini flood. But as long as you put a bucket at the bottom, you, you can't go wrong. But yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a joke there because it is supposed to be a, um, a, de- a defrost-free fridge freezer. Yeah. <laughs> as he sees in amongst the ice that's got the little um slip that came with it the fact that he has to chisel his way through the irony of that, that yeah yeah <laughs> it's very well done pippa's obviously a li- is present and she's looking ever so sheepish because she's obviously done something untoward she's been naughty yes. been naughty yeah naughty pippa she does <laughs> she 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 does want like a bit of fun really i mean kazanzi uh, pitting the pendulum with a gardener Daniel yeah. Peacock, she very much yeah. enjoyed that sort of I think thing. Margaret did as well, though. Yeah. <laughs> she, very, she did, yeah. She did. Ma- Margaret swings by for a, a catch-up. Patrick is weird. Why is he so sheepish? Like, he can't wait to get out. I he think just... it just shows a bit of his ignorance towards them, really, doesn't he? Not just Victor, but I, think he, I don't think he dislikes Margaret, but it's that kind of indifference where it triggers she's, him. she's part of Victor's world, so she's not right either in yeah patrick's petulant head perhaps yeah i think margaret's guilty by association yeah definitely um, definitely mind, yeah <laughs> definitely which is kind of sad <laughs> um he sort of says i got i got i got a pop out now freezer sorry I, I need to go now freezer like why i don't know why he's putting in subtle 
remarks. I think it's like you said, like, like triggered, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just partly doesn't want to get in trouble with Pippa for breaking the freezer. She did warn him that you go right through it, and then he did. So, oh, yeah, this is probably part sheepish true. from Pippa and part ignorance towards Margaret. Well, as Patrick heads out, it's actually quite a good time for Pippa to speak to Margaret about last night's Chinese and making sure she got back safe. And now Pippa does reveal that she had a fling. Weirdly more concerned about the fact that she was given some money after the um, the session, should I say. She is. But she... again, she, she delivers one of the best lines. I just think it's so fantastically timed. His wife was away on business. He said, did I want to come back for coffee? I said, as long as it wasn't unprotected coffee. <laughs> All right, then. And about 55 brandies later, I don't know if you've ever had sex under anaesthetic, but... <laughs> I think that's just the way she says it. It's so funny. It's um, just yeah, unprotected coffee. Yeah, full of dis- <laughs> full of disdain and a bit of that dry wit coming through. Yeah, she's more concerned about being viewed as a, like a hooker, as a prostitute, like a call over, girl. Yeah, <laughs> rather than the fact she had a, a had an affair. That's another good line. I've had many crap jobs in my time, <laughs> so she's not bothered about that. Not bothered about another crap job. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is Sorry. kind of sweet really it's kind of sweet really so if it's a job then I'm, I'm fine but if I've been unfaithful to Patrick then it's not <laughs> it wasn't like it was just wanton behaviour and now she's not bothered she yes. is actually bothering her isn't it so yeah that's right I think she would have preferred it if it was a crap job rather than being yeah. unfaithful she wants a bit of fun I get the impression their sex life is about as active as Margaret and Victor's. Yeah. That's that's the impression (laughs) I get. Um, I think Patrick's probably a loyal, loving husband, but doesn't quite go the extra mile, but I don't know. I can't imagine he's quite tender. I mean, I think the only moment of tenderness and kind of romance you get, you see between Patrick and Pippa in the whole, uh, in the whole lot is in the, in the wisdom of the witch. Where they go to the oh yeah well, they, the CD uh, hotel yeah and they, they get the honeymoon suite and there's that nice tender moment where he's shaved off his yes. ridiculous mustache <laughs> and then know, it's all ruined in that episode because because Pippa likes a bit of fun I I know it's like a CD hotel but I'm surprised she thought wouldn't say oh just let him watch like come on <laughs> lay that down but no she was, I don't think livid. she's that seedy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that CD, yeah, you're right. No. <laughs> if it's CD in private, CD mm. in private and CD in public is two different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the um, artist's home that Victor is, one of Victor's customers, basically, and we, we see a couple of workmen installing a new bird sanctuary, and, the, and I think it's like a housekeeper or a maid. This actress, what's her name? Um, is that Mrs. Mrs. Fairley, according to IMDb? Oriel Smith, she is um, absolutely overjoyed with this, this the new bird, the bird, the new bird cage, and the workmen are dismantling the old one, and she heads inside as she can hear the front door go, and it's it's obviously Victor, and she says, uh, "Mr. Jarvis, his customers, he's in South Africa at the moment, uh, so you know there's all these paintings uh, in the in the workshop in the in the studio, should I say? Some mm-hmm. go for seven or eight hundred quid." And um, it's obviously it's a bit out of the price range that Victor wants to pay, but she's like saying, "Well, you know, his profile's ever growing, and um, 
relatively interesting that Patrick was referred to as a, as a friend by Victor, but I suppose it's too complicated to say. There's this bloke I know who I used to live with who doesn't quite like me, but we don't mind his wife. We need to get. <laughs> a yeah, words I think I think he sees him as a friend, really, because I, I yeah. can't imagine Victor and Margaret have many friends. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they like, like Jean, people. Jean, yeah, and, Jean and Pippa. They were quite loyal and quite like them, really, in their own world. I well, can't they, imagine them. They, they both said many once, other people. They both once said, um, "Why do people have want to meet up?" Yeah, just, <laughs> too much of a hassle, isn't it, for some people? Clearly, yeah. I mean, look what happens when they do try and socialise. <laughs> uh, when it gets mistaken for is it Steve Posnet, yeah. <laughs> which is a great name. Oh, you'd remember okay. him, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> the chaos that ensues from that. So yeah, I don't blame them really. I'd stay in as well. But she she's also um she by she I mean Margaret. If you go back to the episode, I think uh, that was Monday morning will be fine, where yeah. they meet that Steve Posnet. Well, no, they didn't meet Steve Posnet. That's what's his name again? Oh, oh. hang on. Oh. It's May May who works in the florist with Margaret. It's her husband, but I can't think of his name. <laughs> Hang on. This <laughs> is the way they're doing. Oh God. Oh uh Fosky Casket on that. Um That's on. the names they go through, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh oh God. <laughs> Why has this happened? Hang on. What about IMDB? What the hell? I'm gonna have to, aren't I? I just like sometimes just to rem- I I want to put myself on the spot, let alone others. Just can't think of it. <laughs> Hang on. As soon as I read it so, out now, we're going to bloody kick when ourselves. When you're on the spot and then when you sat later thinking, you go, oh, that's it. As soon as I see it, I'm going to go crazy. Um, I just gonna, he, I, has I, to I, get, he has, he has to guess what. his name. He yeah, he goes, uh, Billy Whitney. Is it? Yeah. Billy. Is it Billy, Whit- Billy Whitney? Billy sounds right. Billy. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I think Whitney. Yeah, it's just it's Billy yeah. Whitney, isn't it? I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, if if I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, we'll I'm not the, I'm not the super fan people think just because I do a podcast. I'm not. I'm generally not as sharp with one foot as others I just are. think names are difficult. Yeah, just especially difficult. when they're not right. They're not regular characters. I think they can be again when you put on the spot and you're trying to. You'll always remember it later. When point, it doesn't matter. The point I was trying to make was that May, May you did well to remember his, his wife. Mm-hmm. She, she's never, she's obviously worked with Margaret for many years and she's never mentioned Victor by name or it being introduced. So is Margaret almost ashamed to, for people to meet Victor because what he can be like, I don't know. I don't know. I've been in jobs where you don't get very personal. Like you can become quite close to the people you work with, but yeah. past that, they don't yes. really know much about you. It's weird because work can be quite a bubble. Yeah. On it, and if you don't really, if work's all you've got, then you don't tend to mix it's the true. two. So it's maybe true. it's a bit of that. Well, these paintings. Good to go back onto the scene. Um, this artist is a bit of a perfectionist. He'll chuck away paintings <laughs> if they're not if they're not to his up to his standard. Now, rather conveniently. <laughs> as Victor walks outside, you can see the uh, these the, these painting boards are about the same size as the the bird a, cage yeah. boards, which are full of crap, full of bird <laughs> shit. 
and they look the same. I mean, that's the bottom line. They the, to, to 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 describe these paintings, they're like a fusion of colors, like splattered on, aren't they? It's like you know, yeah. no particular abstract. sequence. Abstract. Yeah. There you go. That's the word. Yeah. That's the right word. And the bird <laughs> shit looks like abstract bird shit with you know a few other colors. Yeah, yeah just and, and Very, all the colors of the wind. <laughs> I absolutely think, as ever, Victor, it's just an innocent mistake. I mean, the workmen, didn't they not think to go, you want that, mate? That's for the crap, that is. I, th- I think he did, really. He was like, well, if you want it. As if to say, and well, going in the skip. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's one of them moments where I think the audience catches on before the characters do, because when he's looking at the panel of bird shit, the audience is laughing because I think they know what he's going to do. I'll be honest they with you, Sarah. They... I'll be honest with you. I didn't catch on when I watched that first. <laughs> Did you not? Did you not? I was 13 or 14, and I'm sure 13 and 14 year olds would have got it. But I think it was a time when I was just sort of not quite focused on what was going on. Um, I saw I the paintings get it at the time. I just, yeah, I did eventually get it because I could see where they went wrong. Yeah. But, but I, I thought, yeah, that's going to be a gift for Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the ultimate um, um, insult to Patrick that we'll 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 yeah. soon be talking about. So, um, yeah, Victor has got it in his mind. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. So it's back at the Meldrews house. We open up with Margaret's quite strong opinion about the the piece of art. Absolutely hideous. <laughs> I just love how she doesn't cotton on again. It's that kind of like obviously it stinks, as she says. But she's and not to know just... though. She hasn't she hasn't seen the studio of artwork, I suppose. No, I suppose. But it's a great little opening, like you say. And um, yeah. she knows it's not gonna please Patrick. No. And she can, like you said, like you just said, she can smell something. He's measuring up for, to put a frame. <laughs> Around she just there. trusts him. She just trusts yeah. Victor now. She thinks, yeah, it stinks and it looks terrible, but if you think that's worth money and it'd be a good gift, Patrick, then fine. <laughs> I think I, that's Margaret's attitude towards it. I want to assume that Renwick is having a little dig at art galleries. In, yeah. You know, art means different things to different people. Um, yeah. And that's fine. You know, my mum does some really good art. And she sort of does abstract stuff, but it certainly doesn't look like bird shit. She's really good, and we we love <laughs> my mother's art. In the galleries, if you've been to like the national, if you've been to Tate Modern or whatever, uh, yeah, I just think I love, yeah. I'm very ignorant with with artwork. But I'm I get yeah. livid when I one that comes to mind was this blue canvas. It was like um not quite royal blue, but that was it, and it was valued at something like thirty thousand pounds, wow. and and in the little description it said it was like an original blue, like it was being invented. Like it was, <laughs> the, this blue has never been created before, and that was the, wow. that was the USP. And I think, I think it's not what you know; it's who you know in art. Hundred percent. Hundred. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just. I'm, I'm glad Renwick has had a little sly dig at you know. Yeah. That definitely. kind of thing. It's just the amount of money, like you say. It's yeah. just if there wasn't much, so much money involved, you wouldn't get so indignant, would you? You just think, wow, that that kind of money for that mm. yeah yeah it, it's it's mind-boggling so yeah it's kind of good that he does because he probably thinks the same he thinks really some somebody probably would have that on the wall yeah they said it was by a certain artist and was worth so much money they'd be like yeah i'll have that <laughs> yeah yeah 
we seem to sort of skip a, maybe a little bit later on into the evening at, uh, at the Meldrew's house. Uh, Victor's on the telephone. He's just had a 16th cancellation for cleaning work. And Margaret suspects there's perhaps a rival cleaner in the area. She, she, this is where, because you said earlier, you feel like Margaret is genuine when she says like the artwork's starting to appeal to her now. Yeah. But I, I just detected an element of sarcasm, personally speaking. But no, I, I think there's, there's just a bit of, uh, I don't know whether it's innocence or naivety or more trust in Victor. What I don't know, I just sense the change. I, I mean, I don't want to talk about the ending before we're there. No. But I think the the ending with her kind of ending up in that kind of embarrassing situation without knowing, it's like, well, yeah, you you kind of get angry at Victor for those situations, but you've you've just shown mm. to yourself that sometimes that's how life goes and sometimes yeah. you are naive and you can end up in those situations and it's not your fault. So I, th- I think it was a bit of that in this episode, really. That Margaret doesn't know it all either. You know. No, no, of course not. She she brings out their their dinner, however, lunch, uh, dinner on the old lap. I think one of the more underrated slapstick moments. It's like <laughs> there's there's a few memes out there or gifs of Victor picking up Denzel the dog or oh yeah definitely. Something. But this one now where he's shaking a bottle of ketchup sauce. goes everywhere. <laughs> the, the, the the lid is loose, and I it always think does. I always think of this this moment when I'm shaking a bottle of ketchup. Obviously, yeah. Victor's so clumsy, sort of shaking it over his shoulder, isn't he? I'm, I'm motioning that to you now. No one can see me do that, but <laughs> I think what I what I like about it is Margaret's screeching reaction because it goes over it, her. It, it, it does go all over her, though, doesn't it? Of course. Might have to start and sell my body to that Chinese restaurant. <laughs> It goes everywhere. It goes <laughs> absolutely everywhere. But what a great, yeah. what a great scene! I, I love it. And uh, Margaret's really trying to help. Margaret um, trying to restore the painting. painstakingly trying to get the tomato ketchup off the bird mm. crap. <laughs> we 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 forgot to say that um, when Margaret's first criticizing the painting, Victor said, "Oh, you know why? It's upside down, isn't it?" Oh yeah, that's a brilliant <laughs> moment. That I actually had that. Yeah, I forgot to well. mention that, yeah. Uh, he goes, oh, you know why, it's, it's upside down. <laughs> a bit of that naivety and innocence where he's just like, like a kid would do. Oh, no, it's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> you think he wants to think in his head he knows about art and he knows it's the right decision. Yeah, yeah, um, God bless. So that's kind of <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> but Of course, um, as Margaret's carefully trying to scrape the ketchup off, he makes her jump by slamming down his fork. What are they eating? Is it pizza? No, what's it? Are they eating? Not very nice. It was like like fish and chips and that's it. Just fish fingers. Yeah, like a very yeah. plain sort of British. My kind, my kind of food. <laughs> <laughs> my but, kind of thing. But Margie Quayle has has done it again. She's written a review yes. this time about Victor's window cleaning, which he reads out. In an occasional series about our job men, local arts critic Marjorie Quayle assesses the work of newcomer Victor Meldrew. <laughs> I didn't even know she was one of my customers. His squeegee action is limp and flaccid. <laughs> His entire subtext mired in cliché, where one longs for broad strokes of sparkling clarity, Meldrew has nothing to offer but a 
thoughtless residue of suds. <laughs> As for his technique with her chamois leather, I have seen it more deftly manipulated on a goat's ass. <laughs> I think the uh, the, te the technique with the chamois leather line is is uh, is squeegee action of a, of a goat's ass. It's, it's Victor <laughs> swearing, isn't it? It's, Victor goat's with swearing is perfect. It's uh, ass. Yeah, Richard Wilson as a as a, a gift. Yes. For swearing. Yes. Like when he says "piss he off," is fantastic. Yeah, bastard. Um, Bollocks is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's always but very. He does get quite more and more downbeat and and out as he reads that review. It's quite that, harsh. Yeah, it's quite again to suddenly hit with a little poignant moment of you know, yeah. why do people have to be so cruel? You know, just trying to earn a living. You do and, feel um, so sorry for him, don't you? Mm. There's that little glimpse of his sensitivity coming through, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Where you think, yeah, he is he can he is easily hurt and he is mm. he's not he's not this big fiery bad tempered dragon. He, you know, he's got feelings and he's just yeah. trying to get by, isn't he? Yeah, like yeah of course. Else. Yeah. Because I think when he was forcibly retired, I think he had to probably wait a few years to get his pension, I'd have thought. Was the yeah. was the retirement retiring age sixty at one point? Then I think it was. I think it was then, and then they changed it, and I think they've changed it again since. I so think I think maybe he's supposed to be about 60, is he, in Series 1, yeah. even though he's 53, 54 in real life then. So maybe... Well, I, think it, I think it was early retirement then, mm. anyway, yeah. at 60, so perhaps he had perhaps another five years. Yeah, yeah. At the time. I speculated about the male Drew's income before, like, market working mm. in the florist part-time isn't going to bring in too much, and Victor being a security guard may not have been too much. I could be completely ignorant there and wrong, but I was yeah. just going to know that they presumably haven't got a mortgage can, to pay, but there you go. I can imagine they was probably quite wealthy when they were young, because mm. obviously they didn't end up with any children. Yes. A very sad story of Stuart. But I, I think as they get older and they're not working so much, I think that kind of shows, like yeah. when Victor retires, that the, like Margaret's kind of the only one bringing income in then isn't she and mm. she's only part-time yeah but I, I, I liked what Doreen said in today's episode of the podcast where Renwick had kind of said I'm not going to give you any indication of class yes. or any social status I want that to I want you to just be and I yeah. think that's I think that was wonderful that's good that yeah you can make your own minds up yeah and yeah. it leads it leads uh, people like us speculating on this very podcast on uh, yeah. what kind of class they are. I'd, I'd still say for lower middle class, lower mm. middle, if that makes sense, because they speak yeah. quite well and they're decent all round. Yeah. It's not that, not that lower class isn't, by the way, I'm getting myself in trouble here, but it's the, <laughs> fin the financial side is they're not that wealthy, are they? Presumably yeah. not that wealthy. Which is why Margaret, she tries to keep that 80-odd quid she finds. Um, yeah, in, that's, uh, that's very sad. And especially when you realise why. Yeah. It's yeah. very sad. I just love the fact that both actors, um, Annette Crosby and Richard Wilson, are both Scottish. I don't know if that was a... Um, On purpose or not? Or... Yeah, by Renwick, where he wanted them both to... Or it just happened organically. I'd love hmm. to know. Yeah. Like whether know. they met, whether they met in Scotland and moved, or 
I think I, I think it was fluke because they always wanted Richard Wilson and and I think Annette was seen at some stage play by. Well, they, they wanted Les Dawson first, didn't they? They did, they, didn't they? Yeah. Strangely enough, I can't Les, imagine that. Les Dawson and, and Ronnie <laughs> Ronnie Corbett. We're at Warren's house now. Pippa's called round, and he's as she's as she's talking. He's slowly sort of shutting up a shop. He's closing the curtains, <laughs> gradually getting undressed. And I just like yeah. Pippa says, "Warren, can I just stop you for a moment?" Yeah, can you just just put stop? the lid back on? <laughs> and it's, 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 it's the look on his face as if to say. Eh? Why? Yeah. And, um, he quickly rectifies without her even asking that the money. It was enough for the taxi, right? So she's, yeah. bit, I suppose, at that point. Or not, was the case. Maybe. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> is is a, is a bit of a um, double edged sword in that regard. But no, um, they're about to get it on, basically, and she spots the, a picture on the on the mantelpiece, and the actress is Ray, Ray Baker, I think that's how you pronounce it. And, She's not been yeah. in too much. She looks very familiar, but she's not been in. She, yeah, I thought parts. that. She does. She does have a very familiar face. Yeah. Um, but, but I can't think what from. <laughs> so that's a bit strange. Um, it's, um, he says it's his wife, and that she's on business at the moment. Pippa really sort of. I don't know if she's against it because it's she just goes wrong. for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's still. I mean, again, with this scene where it's a bit of a sex scene, really, isn't it? It's it a bit of a sexy, quite, yeah, like yeah, you're saying, yeah, it's it, a bit more raunchy now, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting a bit more, again, I was watching it with my mum, so I was a bit like, oh, <laughs> God, I'm not used to this from one foot, a bit of risk-airness. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit passionate, isn't it? The tension's building up because the car has pulled up outside and it's, it's oh, God, his wife's going to walk in, what's going to happen here? She doesn't seem phased whatsoever, she's forgotten her passport, <laughs> blasé, see you later, bye. This is where it cuts straight to... Pippa's again. She's so she's recounting the story with Margaret. Is Margaret there in person? She isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, so, she is. Yeah, wrong Mar- stories, aren't they? They are. No, <laughs> this is where some more great Pippa lines come out. This is definitely yeah. the Pippa episode, <laughs> isn't it? Definitely. She talks about so she was a sister. Margaret helps us to discover that. his sister, and she says she says yeah, just so he wouldn't get you know serious. Yeah, quite a sneaky serious. thing to do. And she talks about how that's the worst kind of cheat, you know, someone who doesn't actually cheat. <laughs> <laughs> the one who says he's a cheat, but isn't. <laughs> but but what, what makes that really funny is Margaret's look on her face. She's got the kind of look yeah. on her face that she has where Mr. Swaney sort of looks up to says, his mother and the window says, she, oh, she she says, thank you very much. Yeah. And then she's looking, going like, she's but not she, there. Yeah, but she can't really believe what she's hearing. She can't believe it. Yeah, without, literally. Without sounding like the, the, the pun, uh, sorry, the catchphrase. She looks very perplexed. Yes. Old, yeah. Pippa has figured out what to buy the birthday boy. She bought him oh. another puppy, another oh. sausage dog, Denzel Little Jr. Little Denzel Jr. <laughs> as, a, as a perfect softener, she calls it, so she can, I think, just disappoint him gently, shall we say. Like, yeah. Especially about the painting as well, that I think. Yeah. I think Pippa's probably seen the painting at this point, hasn't she? Yeah, she hasn't. She yet, I, I so. think I think she just wants to cheer him up because Patrick's. I think we kind of get the idea that Patrick's had his time with the monk. Um, <laughs> at this point, I think he's in a bit of a bad mood in general, isn't he? So I yeah. think she's trying to. She knows how much he loves Denzel. Yes, she probably thinks a new little baby will will cheer him up. <laughs> Do you think also what made her get another dog was the fact that she didn't think Denzel's voice would come back? So she's like, 
Might as well she get a dog. Saw, yeah. She That's probably saw Denzel was on his way out. <laughs> yeah, because we don't know how old Doggy was or, you know, no. in real. And how old dogs, they, dogs don't really live that much of an old age, do they? So, uh, yeah. Like Dachshunds, Dachshunds uh, around 10, 10 to 13 years, okay. really. Yeah. Um, so that would be about right. Yeah. I hope they don't call it Denzel Jr. That's a bit... It's a bit boring, isn't it? And <laughs> probably a bit confusing to the dogs. I was surprised that actually, with with Renwick and names, that he wouldn't give a funny, quirky name to the dog. But I think was it the last episode I was discussing? I'm sure I mentioned something about how he's great giving names to humans, but he's not so good giving names to um, addresses. So yeah. like Riverbank's not funny, Wingate's not funny. Mm. You know, it's not like terrible it's just i don't think that he has that in mind to, to have maybe, funny residential addresses maybe he just wanted to balance it out maybe he didn't want it too farcical or surreal so maybe yeah. by having mundane mm. street names it didn't seem too ridiculous yeah like I mean, you, you can believe you can believe the names but if the if the streets were ridiculous as well you think oh what world is this you know it's not you don't want to tip that scale too much. No, it's nice. It's nice to have it finely tuned, and I think Renwick always manages that quite well. We, we, ironically though, the real street name is Tresillian Way, and Tresillian Way sounds more Renwicky than Riverbank. Yeah, it does. But obviously, it does. you can't you can't use the real one, the real name, obviously, but yeah. I've always but, said I'd like to go and see the actual house because I've done that a few times. Mm. I've been to the shop in Doncaster where open all hours was found. oh yeah yeah I remember you saying that yeah that'd um, be really cool. and I've, I've been to the father Ted house as well oh wow yeah in County Clare in is Ireland. that a coffee is it a coffee shop that, 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 as you it, it's somebody's house but she's yeah. running like um like it was tea I got a wristband that said I had tea at father Ted's so she runs like this little you've got to um, tea it's this, yeah, yeah it's fantastic and they were they were really nice who owned it as well uh, it, was, it was surreal it was fantastic but yeah I would, i've always said i'd like to go and see number 19 riverbank yeah i would as well i mean I, I, it's not that far from me probably an hour and 20 hour and 15 really? and it's i i would love to go down I, I i did try to track down the owners and i i thought i i had i found um an article uh of, of the of an owner and to my surprise again it's because i presume old people would live there just because tomorrow <laughs> quote unquote old they're not um he, mm. he looked about late 30s and i found him on twitter mm-hmm. and um but then i found a more recent article maybe like a year or two after that one i found and he it was on right move and it was sold so that sort of made the mm-hmm. press so sadly <laughs> i uh i i i don't know the residents but so i love to visit and um get a cheeky glimpse inside i know it's they didn't film internally but nevertheless it'd be it would feel like you're be going nice to the go house. And, yeah it'd be weird driving down the street wouldn't it yeah it would Very be strange. strange so Pat, patrick's come back from i think walking the, the his dog denzel dog and they're now in his office again and he's inspecting or he's just had the, the painting uh gifted to him and it's on the wall and, and victor very proud of of this gift you know he's yes. he's gone to some effort really so yeah okay, sort of a, ahead of the times with the whole um upcycling thing you know he's found mm. some old what he thinks to be artwork he's measured up a frame put it on the wall it's a quite a cheap birthday present in that regard patrick starts off fairly 
if he appears to be calm and and, and rational and, and and taking it all in before he sort of lets rip at, at Victor, <laughs> and this is where you say Margaret sort of stands there and doesn't really know what to do with herself. She just, but Victor is just for once. It's not many times he responds in the way he does to Patrick. He's often a little bit embarrassed, isn't he? But he really does. And they've had a couple of battles, haven't they? But he yeah. really like with the sticky labels and man in the black mm. coat. <laughs> but he does bite back. He's quite yeah. He's quite hurt. Isn't he by this yeah. one? He's quite rejected. You can you can tell he feels this a bit because he has tried, mm. and you can he's put effort into it. And I think he saw it as a last attempt of reconciliation. And I think that it did hurt Victor. I think mm. I think he thought, well, I've really put out the olive branch here, mm. and he's yeah. just in his Victor's head. He's just being horrible. So yeah, he, again, that sensitivity is coming out. And you think you know, he's like, why do I bother? <laughs> but it, it get it gets worse. <laughs> When, yeah. When uh, Patrick says, uh, erect him of a very nervous albatross. <laughs> and he, rec- does he, Patrick, recall some past gifts he's been sent before, like a pack of warm underpants he, and cat's urine. Like, yeah, he said, I, I was expecting uh, some of the old favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um, have we seen yeah. that? No, we haven't seen that, have we? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. As I know, he's worn put, Victor's underpants, but he has, yeah, is that what he means? I, I presume probably. I think he was trying to think of the most ludicrous things <laughs> that he could have got based on things that, that have happened in the past. Yeah, um, well, it, Victor storms out, uh, followed by Margaret, who I don't. I think Margaret just wants to get out of there anyway. Patrick, yeah. he remove. He doesn't want this painting. I mean, he doesn't have to have it there. It's he can't be sure it's bird shit. Age board, but it's really um, it's, it's not. I, it's, it, it's he doesn't know, does he? It's, I don't think it's really on for him to have done that. But I think you'd wait until at least they actually properly left. But when he does take it off the wall, he um, he gets distracted by Denzel. So Denzel makes eye contact with Victor because Victor comes back in. Yeah. He's forgotten his screwdriver. He's suddenly quite calm again, isn't he? Oh, sorry, I forgot my screwdriver. The dog sees Victor, which triggers the dog to for his little dog voice Denzel's to come back. voice comes back. How cute yeah. is that? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like I made a 180 there. So his, his voice is back, uh, which distracts Patrick. He falls through the banister. Oh, poor unfortunately, Junior. Oh, who's who's in the in the box by now? And, pa- and Patrick doesn't look. know. He doesn't know. Patrick doesn't know, but the audience know. Pippa knows. Oh, yeah. you just think, oh, the dog. It's quite dark again. Animals in always, always well, an animal don't come reference. Off very well, do they? They don't, no. animals in the one foot universe do not board well. Well, back in the Meldrew's bedroom at night time, Margaret's reflecting on the previous incident, actually. She acknowledges what's happened and she's on Victor's side, which is nice. She says, you know, why do people have to be so horribly critical? Yeah. yeah we're not, we're on about obviously Marjorie Quayle as well as you know, yeah. the incident with Patrick. And she doesn't often empathize with Victor. And it's, it's nice that she's had. She had his back on this one. She didn't seem yeah. like she she didn't visibly look like she was sticking up for Victor, but I guess she doesn't want to add fuel to the fire. She doesn't want to fall out Pippa. But um, I think it's because she just thought it was genuine as well. Yeah. And I think she just saw Victor's genuine attempt at, at trying to be nice and, and trying to reconcile. And I think she just kind of thought Patrick was out of order. Well, which he yeah. was, really, wasn't he? Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, but come to think of it, no one even Victor doesn't realise what he really did present him with. No. No one knows no. for sure. No no one's going to know, will they? they no, so it's all in innocence. Yeah, it is all in innocence, yeah. 
Victor's packed in the window cleaning. No thanks to Marjorie Quayle. I thought he did bloody well, though, because when he had 16 cancellations, he's obviously still going at that point, but then later on yeah. he decided no. So that's quite good going, really. If I ran a, win- ran a window cleaner business, I'd be happy <laughs> with 16 people, customers. Yeah, it's quite a good peg, isn't it? I can imagine it being quite good. Yeah. It depends how frequently they, they call in with your services, of course, but no, it's pretty, pretty good going. Um, another career down the pan for Victor anyway, that's for sure. And I think that might be his final job. Does he do anything yeah. else? No, I don't think, think I can't. so. I think that is it. I think that's his last stand. Yeah, yes. Sadly. M- Margaret is reflecting on Pippa and her her um, exploits. And I th- I'm sure we hear Renwick narrating this unseen mm. oops, documentary. It might be. I'm sure yeah. it is. I thought um, that it's a hilarious, like hidden camera footage. <laughs> so we we see the television. Victor's sort of, well, we're basically falling asleep, but because Margaret's just sort of said, "Oh, you know," it's she's sort of said about Pippa and her, like I said, her exploits. As she's saying that, she can see this elderly man on the television saying look you know i'm paying for a service there's nothing wrong here she's yeah. just you know there's nothing yeah. what's, wrong. The who, who, harm? what's the harm <laughs> in comes a pixelated margaret <laughs> just her voice innocently the voice is perfect to, yeah comes to tuck him in or i've got some cream for that rash and and she's looking on like oh my good god like not often does margaret get put in this situation it, it would almost yeah. always be victor wouldn't it that's what I, I touched upon earlier. It's like it was a bit of a a, a, a realisation moment for Margaret. Like, God, these things do happen. And like, this wasn't my fault. You know, this is normally Victor in this situation. Absolutely. So, yeah. For time. People might say I'm abusing the system to indulge my own erotic fantasies, but I'm paying for a service. She's providing one. Who's getting hurt? The fact that to her it is not a game is what makes it all so terribly exciting. <laughs> Here she is now, so. Morning, Mr. Jefferson. I had a fingers today. Would you like a hand getting out of your pajamas? <laughs> all bathed and dressed. I thought we might try this new talcum powder today, see if it makes a difference to the itching. <laughs> It's it's that bit of change in Margaret, I think, where she's getting a bit of it now as well, and there's that bit of naivety, and you know, the 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 one foot universe is catching up with her now as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I suppose she had the Kettering catering thing back in um, Dramatic Fever, but there's probably a few other examples. It's just the irony of she's sort of basically slagging off Pippa and Patrick's sort of marital (laughs) status, and then that. She, I mean, she she's obviously feels bad that she sees herself on the TV tending to some gentleman who's obviously a pervert <laughs> and um, luckily Victor's asleep but I think Victor's so sort of slow to catch on to things that I don't think he would have no. re- recognised Margaret by voice because she, her just, face is pixelated out and he just doesn't always um, get it in the moment does he? There's, I'm just no. trying to think of an example where he doesn't quite know what like the Shagai Express pamphlet <laughs> yeah, we can see see what the harm was 
was with that. It's probably not the he, best comparison. Well, whether he's foot massaged by a breast. Yeah. And not, and not knowing. Not knowing it's a nipple. It was, was quite innocent and naive, really, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> even Margaret was like, how did you not know it was a nipple? Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, God. He is yeah. quite childlike sometimes. Yeah, the childlike Actually. is the right, it's the right way, yeah. But I, um, I think more so Margaret just didn't want him to know because that'd be just another meltdown for him. I don't think he's the jealous type as such. But she she had such a, a go at him for the restaurant debacle. I don't think she, be, she yeah, wanted him to know because that kind of makes up for that, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't always know what's happening. There um, was... The only time I can think Victor got has ever got jealous in their marriage is the eternal quadrangle. Quadrangle. I can never pronounce that correctly in series one. <laughs> you know where he's 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 um working with a nudist artist person, lady. And oh, yeah. Margaret has befriended some chap who thinks she's coming oh, on to him. Yeah, that's adorable. He got a little he got a little jealous then, not when he was ranting about them being like a knocking shot, but when she he was margaret's bought some flowers or something yeah and victor said can you see what this is he obviously likes you like i think he got yeah. a bit jealous then but otherwise but, he's 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 none the wiser no margaret's always the jealous one mm, always yeah always yeah. quite frequently as well yeah see a lot of insecurity in margaret sometimes and pippa has been as well but in starbound i was saying that she was happy for patrick to get touched up and abused <laughs> to get a yeah. pay rise so yeah, go with double it. standards with that. <laughs> in in um Patrick and Pippa's room in the final scene at night, just getting ready for bed. Patrick's tending to poor <laughs> Denzel Junior. is all bandaged oh, up and always bandages. Yeah, I do hope he has a, a different name for Denzel Junior. Um, and um, <laughs> Patrick's obviously quite achy. He's obviously done his back in, I suspect. And um, Pippa just blurts out that she's had an affair. She just <laughs> lays sweet. it on him. By the way. I met a bloke the other night at that restaurant. I was quite drunk and it didn't mean anything, but we went back to his house afterwards and made mad passionate love together. I won't do it again. <laughs> a proper bit of pathos here with like the very first scene. Yeah, the, like, like full circle. Full circle. Yeah. And the lights are switched off and he lets out this is false forced laughter <laughs> <laughs> it's like do you know like hypnosis you yeah. know if the classes have kind of conditioned him <laughs> to just laugh in times of trauma I know. so I, that's what i get from that like a bit of hypnosis where he, that class now like whenever anything bad happens he just laughs yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's fantastic oh, that was really good the episode has come full circle it, yeah it's a it's a brilliant start to the series it's a strong start Yes. Um, and and like you touched on earlier, when I was a, when I was younger watching them, I didn't really appreciate them as much because it felt a bit tainted because uh, it yeah. felt like the end and it had been well documented as it being the end. Yeah. Um, and I think when that's hanging over something like quite a dark uh, ending is hanging over anything, and mm. you know it's going to happen, it's hard to enjoy them, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah, it is. I fully. Yeah. To enjoy them fully. Uh, we're now, uh, like, many years have passed. Yes. And I'm a, a lot more mature. <laughs> um, you can really see it for, for the masterpiece it is, really. You, you couldn't have gone out on a better high with Series 6. 
I say with Patrick and Pip, I'm just wondering what the status of, of their marriage would have been. We see them in one more episode, The Dawn of Man, I think it's episode five, second yeah. to last one. And that's where Patrick's brother is introduced. Um, yeah. And there's obviously a, a big mix up there. And the, so they're obviously okay with one another, even though Pip is frustrated with Patrick in that episode and his brother because they're very much alike, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I just think they'll be, they will be like Victor and Margaret. Oh, I yeah. I think that they'll just keep going. Yeah. They'll keep going for better, for worse. I'd like to think they, they will, anyway. I like yeah, to I, think they did. I think so. I think so. It would be nice. That ends the episode. Mm-hmm. The Executioner song is done. One out of six complete. The beginning of the end. Oh, I felt like the beginning of the end when I was doing the, the specials. The, yeah. like, especially Endgame, but no, it's done now. It's deep into, <laughs> well, not quite deep into Series 6, but still got five episodes to do. But um, it's it's one of those things. I spoke to, with Doreen. It is quite sad. Like, didn't really take into account that some of these characters, the last moments, are a little bit brief. Like, in yeah. the fut- futility of the fly, like she said, she's literally, she thinks Victor's got a thing for her and she's freaking out. Courgette yeah. <laughs> sticking between the door and she just runs oh. out. And that's it. You don't see Mrs. Yeah. Warboys ever again. And Very underwhelming, isn't it? Very it is a sad. Bit. But like we said, we can't really give a proper goodbye to the main character from the other characters because he, he's supposed to die out the blue. And when sadly, when people die out the blue in real life, you don't really get to say goodbye because you don't presume they're going to leave you in that way. So it and we don't sense. see a funeral, do we? We don't see a send-off. No, we don't see a true. memorial or anything. No. Because I think that last episode is, is the, the... I think he just wanted to focus on the end of a love story. That's I think so, I yeah. always like to think of. Yeah. It and was Mar- Victor and Margaret, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was Margaret's grief that was the, the focal point for that ending. Mm. And, and, and I think... And, and focusing on Margaret, finally acknowledging that Victor was right the whole time. Yeah, and then kind of taking the gauntlet up. Yeah. Like it's like she was she she understood why he fought all those years against yeah. ignorance yeah. And, and incompetence and she probably just thought, right, well I'll I'll keep going. Mm. So like, uh, she when she puts the phone down in that first scene and the doorbell goes and she's just kind of like, right, what's next? That's right. Yeah. Said, this is my focus now. I'll keep going for Victor. I'll keep doing Victor's work. Yeah. And I think that's really, really sweet, really nice. <laughs> this episode had 11 and a half million viewers. I, I haven't done this for a long time. I usually look at the um, viewing figures. So 11 and a half, not too bad because Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was like, huge at the oh, time. Was, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And it was very naughty of them to place the first ever millionaire winner yeah. at the same time. What, yeah. I, why did they? I don't know why rival TV channels do that because they're not going to lose out if they just say like you go on at eight, we're gone at nine. But yeah. why do they have to have it clashed? It just really. I remember, I remember that because I used to always watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire as well. Yeah. And I was a bit going um, to miss it. Like, I did want to see, but I thought no, it's like one foot in the grave. I just knew that there'll be, of course, there'll be other millionaires. Yeah, yeah. In the future, so there's yeah. only one one foot in the grave it, finale. Yeah, it didn't sway me. <laughs> no, it didn't. Me, thank you. I'm so glad that a 14 year old me, you know, felt to go. No, one foot in the grave. Yes. Yeah. Not. Definitely. Um. Obviously, this um it was directed by uh, not Susie Belbin but Chrissy Gernon, Christine Gernon, and um who very much worked underneath Susie Belbin. But I read a lot about how Susie obviously had to retire, sort of stress, and it was 
it was bringing on quite a lot of illnesses for her. But it, mm. I, interesting to see that it all sort of kicked off in when they filmed one for the Algarve. Because that's when she started to feel quite unwell, and um, she did try to come back. She, I think, she had agreed to maybe play have like an, an advisor advisory role for series six, and it's. And a couple of days in she started to get unwell again so she just oh. had to say no once again it's quite sad but I think Christine Gurnan's done an amazing job she's obviously added something a little bit different and it yeah, yeah definitely yeah it's worked whatever it is a bit more of an edge a bit more of a it brought it not too much into the noughties but mm. you knew it was in it was a new chapter even yeah. though it was the, the last chapter it was definitely a new chapter yeah yeah, I, I love Series 6. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the best series for me, <laughs> but I think you can associate whatever in your personal life with whichever series was out at the time. And for yeah, me, definitely. probably coming of age at that, that time for yeah, me. Yeah, same, same. So it's probably yeah. why I, I, I rate it, but um, it is sad. I don't like, I just don't like getting close to sort of, especially like the dawn of man. I think this is the penultimate episode any minute yeah. now, well, not any minute now, but... It was very tense, wasn't it? The build up again, it took the enjoyment out of them a bit because you was a bit like the penultimate episode. Like mm. it's hard to enjoy something when you think, you know, next week, you oh, know, no, that'll, yeah. be, that'll be the end. Yeah. Um, well, now you that time's passed. I, I would encourage anyone who didn't really enjoy series six to go back and revisit yeah. it, really, because I, I think they'll be surprised. Yeah, I, I, with a few listeners, I, I had, um, I've mentioned the number of times I've mentioned Descent into the Maelstrom in this episode, but I had Richard on for that one, and he has um, kindly said when he listened to the my Algarve review with Darren, he hadn't really ever taken to that episode before, and he he rewatched it and um, I'm led to believe he he enjoyed it once more. A few yeah. people say that about the Algarve episode, and with the Susie Belvin thing, I think it was quite stressful because. They they gone on a bit of a recce before filming, and and she had a lot of things nicked, including mm-hmm. all the production notes, which would have added to a lot of stress. And obviously, the weather wasn't great when they're out there, so it would have taken longer than it should have to record and film. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. So with podcasts, like there's other podcasts I listen to, and I think I'll just listen to that episode they reviewed about such and such, and I'll, I'll go actually after hearing some other people talk about it unnecessarily in detail, like I do. And, <laughs> guests it makes me go, want to watch it again and maybe look at it differently really quick really quickly what was your favorite uh, moment in that in this, yeah it, oh god goat's ass yeah off the top of my head it has to be victor saying goat's ass <laughs> yeah yeah mine my, my, mine's probably uh mine is the um this is Elsie's mother asking Victor to get out of the way. <laughs> That's probably my favourite moment. Yeah, yeah. It's very what? slapstick, isn't it? Have you got a Meldry moan? I have. Okay. I have. I've got quite a few. Is it All only right. one? Well, <laughs> I suppose for the for the purpose of your low battery, we should go with just the one and then maybe you yeah. can get another one. So let's have Sarah's Meldry moan. supermarkets okay because i just think that if you if aliens came down and they could only go to supermarkets they would soon leave but they would also soon figure out a lot about humanity 
and why they wouldn't want to come back to Earth because it's just there's no I don't know how many people get triggered by them I hate that word but I'm going to use it I just I hate them I just I turn into Victor as soon as I step over the door because I, I observe people and I'm like why are they doing that what I'd I just get so like speechless. It's oh, like the bargain area. You can't even glance at the bargains where like the reduced aisle or whatever it's called without some old lady looking at you like you just killed her cat. <laughs> it's like, I'm just looking. I'm not taking anything here. I have it. It's fine. I just get so angry and so like anxious. And I just, yeah, I'm ranting for about an hour after I leave a supermarket. I know what you mean. Like, I, I... And people are just walking around like zombies. It's like they don't know what to do. As soon as they walk over the the line, it's like they're under Tesco's spell. (laughs) They're just walking around helpless. It's that that frustrating thing that if you're in a rush, you know what you want to get, but if someone is blocking an aisle or part of a a shelf and they're clearly, they're just browsing. Cover it up. See, I, I'm very, I'm very male in my shopping mentality. I just want to get in and get out. Yeah. But other people in the supermarket don't allow me to do that because. <laughs> yeah. If I could, you hear of these really rich reality stars or film stars getting the shop to shut so that they can go around it on their own, so that yeah. they don't get bothered. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do it for that. I'd just do it so that no one would have to look at me or be in my way or yeah, yeah. Um, that's a val- that's a valid moan and i just want to finish off with <laughs> a did you know section about this episode which i didn't know so i'll just read out quickly the, the plot involving victor's window cleaning business collapsing overnight after a vicious review in the local newspaper was in, inspired partly by the reception of duck patrol from 1998 a short-lived oh. sitcom that richard wilson had starred in a couple of years prior while david romick had no involvement with that show he agreed with Wilson that many of the critics reviews crossed the line into personal attacks against its creators and that networks didn't give new sitcom, oh, new shows enough of a chance with ITV yeah. having decided against renewing Duck Patrol after only two episodes had aired. Haven't seen Duck Patrol probably for good reason because there's only a couple of episodes <laughs> and I never heard I of think, it. I, th- I think I've vaguely seen things on like um, like Back to the 70s or actual TV yeah. programs um but i don't know a lot about it i don't know i've not seen any of it or anything sarah thank you for um your time and i've really enjoyed opening up series six with your with your good self and some great chatter about everything every tiny detail in that episode i don't think we we missed a single dot so if, if we have no. then please let us know either way let us know if your thoughts you can email one foot in the podcast at gmail.com or contact me on twitter you have a twitter as well sarah if, if people want to contact you for your opinion what's what's your twitter handle it is 87 sal sal 87 very original nice and easy. <laughs> that's lovely yeah okay all right well um well the next episode is tales of terror so i look forward to reviewing that sarah take care and um thank you very much thanks take care bye now Right.